You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 11, episode 27, and we are in heaven. Well, not quite. So we've got a semi to look forward to. And talking of semis, Chris, I know you love a semi. How are you doing? I'm good, I definitely had a semi last night. Just a semi? Ah, well, there been a full on one of the actual score. That goal, it was, they, they, they break up apart, the but I don't know what was the first touch, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> and then Adams did the pass, it didn't. So, just a semi. Too early for an ad, do you think? Do we think too early? Aye, ah, maybe too early. We'll, we'll, we'll get it later on. Uh, I'm joined by semi-regular Scott. How you doing? <laughs> I don't know how I'm still there. Semi-regular. I'll stop coming until just semi, no regular. Well, semi, semi's a theme just now, isn't it? It seems to be, yeah. You seem to love talking about that. Aye. Well, to be fair, I think most of my nicknames are worse than that. That I've had. Probably. Aye. You, you've probably given me half of them. Probably. Aye. I think when Chris was talking last night about before the game, he said, Thomas Gravison. I think I had a cheek to say what I was calling him. You're t- calling him Thomas Gravison? Aye. What you calling him? What do you think I was calling him? Twin bra? Aye. Well, he's not got a beard, mind you. <laughs> uh, Josh, how you doing? You good? All right, mate. Um, surviving. Surviving with a combination, a combination of a hangover and getting this booster vaccine the day. It's fucking... No, no, blended well with the with the drink for last night. So I'm surviving, semi conscious. Uh, see, wait a minute there. You said drinking last night. We know that's not true. It was all day. Uh, eleven o'clock in the morning or something. You started with it. Uh, eleven o'clock in the morning. Last last drink was at half twelve when I got in for the for the game. At the house had a drink at half twelve. Was up at six to go to work. To be fair, every for every drink you posted in the WhatsApp group was a dirty drink as well. It wasn't just a standard pint or something like that. It was. Do you remember? We, we can we, we can fill you in if you want. I well, venoms and venoms and all sorts of that tequila rose in that. Well, Addy, applaud Josh was just getting to the game and seeing the game because I didn't think he was going to make it. with some of the stuff he was posting beforehand. It's lucky the guy at Scott there wasn't there from security. <laughs> Let's say to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, so there's the four of us, and then we've got a special guest on James Scott from. Well, you're kind of the Tartan Army scarf, aren't you? Tartan scarf. Like, yeah, uh, I contribute to the Tartan scarf. Obviously, it's Gordon Shear that uh, runs that, but I'm trying to contribute where I can to give the best content I can to just around the sort of national team and to just sort of contribute to the sort of positive environment around Scotland. Obviously, it's easy to do right now, but it's not always been as plain sailing as it has been the last couple of games. So it's been about trying to keep everyone on the straight and narrow and shooting in the same direction, even when it wasn't going good, but it's, it's been brilliant the last couple of weeks and right months, even those six wins in the trot. So aye, it's, I'm glad to be on for such a, a good night. Aye, Everyone's in a very positive attitude. We are indeed. Your voice sounds a bit reminiscent of what my voice was like after the Israel game. Oh yeah, 
to us, my voice has been going after every game. The, the way we've been, the wins we've been racking up, but I've been I've been trying to nurse it throughout the day with limes up my mixture other things, but it's still a wee bit hoarse. Aye, we don't have a priority audio as well, but it'll be a struggle as well with you, you know, your voice breaking as well at the same time. You know, like, Aye, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've heard the podcast before, you know, you're getting the banter straight away, so just join yeah, in. If you want to slag us off, get, get involved. Scott will give you some tips. <laughs> right, where are we go? Should we go back to Friday? Friday, yeah, I was just, I was actually watching that in the 200 Club at Starts Park. It was the sort of social bar we've got. So it was. It wasn't quite as noisy as it was on, as it was last night. But it was. It was a good wee atmosphere in there, and it was. But it's weird because I keep just. I've still got in my head that even though I mean it's brilliant how well we've done, but um, we've still got the final two steps to go. So I'm still trying to keep myself grounded as much as possible. But at the same time, you've got to enjoy nights like Friday night and tonight last night because they don't come along nearly as often as they should. Hopefully, some of the changes going forward. But you kind of got to let yourself get a wee bit carried away. Kind of feels like it's, cha- it feels like it's changing just now. Every time we go to a game, it's like, oh, it can't be better than the last one, can it? Yeah. No, because I was, I was, it was such a, I mean, I don't know if it's been a sort of different sort of, I do feel like the sort of support's different since before and after COVID. I feel like there's been like a really sort of a shift in the, the attitude, especially in the Moldova game. I mean, we've been there in the past when Scotland's only been beating the lower seeds in the group by one goal. And you, it's, the fans, are getting on their back and you know it's a, you don't want to use as strong a word as toxic but it's not pleasant um, but we you know I felt like coming out of that game I was like you know we only beat them 1-0 and reflecting on it I think we should have probably had more goals anyway but at the end of the day it was just 1-0 but I still think the, the fans stuck with the team the whole way through and that's something that carried into the Israel game and then obviously last night didn't need any help but it's just I think it's just so good to see the sort of shift and the, the support we've had recently I think for uh, what age are you James? 24 24 so, so just so 1997 so, so I just caught 98 well did you really know it's a story well the thing is I, 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 I didn't but folk always every time they reference folks ages I was like well I'm, I, I never get included in the bracket that missed it but the story I always get told by my mum and dad was I was down at the, the pub when I'm and then when Scotland so scored, scored against Brazil, I, I started greeting and I had to get taken outside. So, <laughs> Well, it's funny, you started greeting in the Brazil game, I started greeting at the Morocco game. Different reasons. For different reasons. <laughs> different reasons. But what I, was, what I was more alluding to, I was with, the, I was with my nephew uh, for the game yesterday, and he's 22, and that's the best Scotland game that he's ever been to because of... He's just never had that experience, you know, and that's what it's all about. So that's why you have to save all these moments as a Scotland fan, because as older ones who remember France 98 a wee bit, uh, a wee bit more than you, James, know now how long it has been. You know, we've had to, we've all had to suffer that. So these are the kind of games that we were used to as kids, and uh, now you can get a bit more used to. It. Um, and yeah. you know, go back to Friday, the the Friday game. I was expecting an every game. I was expecting a wee bit like the Faroe Islands the month beforehand. And we just didn't turn up like that at all. We were fresh. We were up for it, zipped the ball around. It scored. And, you know, it was such a such a relief to actually have a bit of confidence in the team right from the get-go. They didn't need mm-hmm. to 
conjure up anything from any adversity. I've done odd one because there was every time I felt like it was just going to start acting like normal Scotland again, they kind of brought it in. So we'd started the game really well on Friday night and we hadn't got the goal. And you think, oh, is it going to be one of these nights again? But then Parsons scores. So, well, it's not going to be one of the nights. And you're just starting to think, mate, oh, well, maybe we won't get a second goal. Then the second goal goes in. And well, well, this is easy. And we, we played really well. And, and you think, we're going to do this with no problem at all. And then we give away the penalty. And you're like, oh, typical Scotland. But then Gordon saves it. And as much as the save was good, the Tierney, I still don't know how Tierney beat the, the penalty. Uh, that, 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 that was, was phenomenal. That... And he'd, he'd, he'd done enough to slide in and not make contact with him and get the ball away on one move. Really yeah, good. Really it was good just every single time that Aye. it looked like Scotland might do something that was typical Scotland, they quickly reversed it. Do you know the good thing about this team, though? <clears throat> no matter the situation, see that penalty was given straight away. I was like, Craig Gordon saving us. Yeah, was this, was this confidence about everything? Like, no, was that all the one that was confident? Every, every, <laughs> no, that, we all day long, and knew he was saving it all day long. Renting the stars, mate. A year after, um, a year after uh, the the Marshall save, um, you know, just something about that date and penalty saves, didn't there? Aye, but as, as we point to Tierney, like, have you seen all the angles? There's an angle. There's angles you see him, and he's not even in the bloody picture. Uh, just, that's, just as the guys looked at it like, but that's that's the, that's the thing John I mean you know I'm going off on a tangent here but see I see the modern day centre back obviously it helps if you're a big really tall strong guy but probably the most important thing in my opinion for a modern day centre back is pace and Kieran Tierney's got that because he's a flame machine he's a natural fullback, you know um, but he's that good he can play at centre back it's pace and reactions as well to actually you know to get there is great, but to have the reaction, to get a clean tackling as well was just superb. It's, it's one of the things that will stand out, I think, for the rest of our time as a Scotland fan is just, you know, that challenge is just amazing. The thing as well is desire. Every player just now, you just feel has got actual desire to play for the country. Right, Fraser. Right, Fraser. <laughs> well, in, in the current squad. But generally, we, I think we do feel just now, there's no many players that are pulling out of squads. Folk no, want to be there. It's a genuine pullout. They're actually injured. Is that another cue for an ad? No, no. All right. we'll, get, we'll get it later. We will get it at some point. Um, but it is, it's desire. And I, I think this squad genuinely, I know some people have criticised certain players, we probably all have at times, right? It's what we do. There's no fear. I don't see fear in these players of anyone. Steve Clark, Steve Clark's created that environment, John. You know, um, he, he's created that club environment and he's created... At these, you know, organise the defence so well that that you know we don't even really. I know we have our moments, but you know, it's. I mean, even um, last night against Denmark, I know we'll talk about that later on. But the few chances that they got, you just knew Craig Gordon's going to pull us at a hole if if they if they get past the defence. Do you know? Um, I just it just honestly, I could watch Larico with Steve Clark all night. We will. I, I think we can. I think that's fine to watch Larico with Steve Clark. Because let's be honest, right. I'll be honest, I put my hands up. I think we've said in the podcast before. See, when he first got the job, now I know he did, but I went like Kilmarnock. I wasn't quite sure whether he would be suited for international football. Based on how he played with Kilmarnock and the players we had, he's probing me completely on and every every other detractor. Because there's plenty still, I think, are saying, oh, Steve Clark should be gone. Like, yeah. 
So I put my hands up. But I, I, think, I was one that was not sure. But going back on the kind of criticism, I don't, I don't think we should be running away from criticism as a squad or a manager. It's how you react to it and how you deal with it. As long as it's not personal, as long as it's not vicious. And people, uh, Steve Clark's done it, he's shown by example. And then I think that's helped people like Stephen O'Donnell and everybody else who's then just went, right, okay, I may have made a wee mistake here and there, but I'm going to be back for the next time. I'm going to give my all every single time I put on the shirt. And I think that's what Steve Clark's brought to the brought to the situation. I, never, I always said that Steve Clark should be the Scotland manager for when it became available that time. And even before that, before McLeish got it. Um, and it was because... Of the great job he did at Commander, but also he'd worked in the Premier League, he'd worked at big clubs in the Premier League as well, maybe not as the, the number one. He did well at West Brom. Was, the reason he was sacked at West Brom was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he'd worked with big players who went on and done amazingly well, like Lukaku and things like that. So, Even Chelsea and Liverpool? Was it Chelsea and Liverpool? Is yeah, New, Newcastle and Newcastle right. were a bit bigger as well. So, yeah, he worked under Mourinho at Chelsea, uh, Dalgleish at uh, Liverpool. It's it, but it was a, a case of Kilmarnock and uh, probably more so West Brom at, at that moment in time. They were kind of, they're kind of like Scottish, you know. If you look at Scotland as an international team, that's kind of our level at that moment in time. And he had them playing as overachievers, and that he's starting to do that now with Scotland. A wee bit less because I think we have got very good players, but it's still he's getting that that from those players, and that's what previous managers weren't doing on a consistent basis. Do we think the difference as well is previously we've had managers, but Steve Clark's a coach? Because I feel Steve Clark can get the best out of any player. That was proven at Kilmarnock. Because let's face it, we all watched Kilmarnock. They weren't particularly pleasing in the eye. They were resilient, hard to beat, all these things. But now we see Scotland, they are all these things, but they're more. It's not just even the way that we're, we're winning games. See all the goals we're scoring? They're not like flukes or anything like that. It's well-worked goals. I think that's a bit, I think, I think that's a bit unfair, Kelly. You know, they weren't, a, they, weren't a, they weren't ugly to watch. His Kelly team were really good. I must have just been unlucky because every time they played Aberdeen, <laughs> they, were, it was, they were dire. They, they were. They were. I always felt they were really good and they carried an attacking threat. I, I think the fact that he's a you know a quote on you know he's a coach does help, um, but he doesn't get a lot of time to do coaching. I think what one thing that has made all the difference is the Euros and getting the boys in together for a, like nearly a whole month to do an actual coaching camp. You, you cannot underestimate how that important that's been for us. I remember you see that in this camp, the difference between what happened in March. And what happened in what September or November is night and day. Because I think I, I still think we started this campaign pretty badly. That the drop points at home to us there particularly was a blow. But mm-hmm. what you say, what they've had that four weeks together in the, the, the training camp that that's made that club mentality and they've carried that in. Now we had the toughest game to start with in September against Denmark away, which we never really thought we were going to get anything for that. And actually, we weren't that bad. We had a we had a Bad five minute spell where they scored the two goals, but other than that, it was all right without doing anything spectacular. But after that, the results we picked up have been absolutely brilliant. I remember straight after the Euros on this podcast and on, on Twitter, I said to everybody because we you saw people having a kind of backlash against Steve Clark and, and, and some of the players. 
the experience of this is vital. We've got to remember that for everybody in that squad, everybody in that management team, that was their first time at a tournament. And that's its progression. It's getting to there again and then learning from the mistakes that we had this time. And it's already come into fruition for this qualifying campaign. And, you know, since, you know, since that what opening, get a 15 minutes in Denmark, we've actually been really good. It, it, Israel gave us problems. Israel always gave us problems. That's just the way of it when you've played a team 20 times a season. But I think, you know, the, the Austria game and uh, the, the, the game against Moldova away in Denmark kind of proves that we're, we're on a different level than we were 18 months ago. I think the, the Israel game, I think... Go, the, the Israel game, I think, proves the difference between a team that's got good individuals like Zahavi and the, the other players that Israel have got and a good Team and that's what Scotland are now. Yeah, we are, like, you can we have individuals that are good, like McGinn, like Gilmore. I've been a bloody revelation since he's come into the team. There's plenty of others throughout the team, but the important part is like Gilmore's a good example because yes, he is a good individual player, but he's the guy that's always shown to the all the back three, the the three in the middle that are like uh, him and McGinn and. McGregor are linking up brilliantly. It's all the it's not individuals, it's team effort throughout the team. And that makes a big difference. And that's why we beat Israel. And that ultimately is why we're able to beat Denmark on Monday night. And if you look at it, Chris, if you look at it, every time Scotland do well, it's because they work as a team. We've always had good individuals at various times, you know, even you know, with your Barry Ferguson and you know, Paul Lambert and James McFadden, good really good players, well known. Uh, and they didn't get to tournaments because we didn't have a good team. We didn't have a, a strong enough squad. And when you look at the 90s, our team maybe wasn't full of superstars, but they worked was brilliantly well as a team. You're the likes of Stuart McCall and people like Stuart McKimmy coming in and Colin Hendry and all the rest of it. And it was just a huge team. It was like a, it was almost like a club squad in the 90s. And that's what it's beginning to feel like again. Stephen that's the thing we've seen. That's all right. See, even following on to the Euros, though, not just the fact we had that length of time. See, in a way, I think the triple held triple headers helped us because again, he got to spend more time with the players. He kept on saying in between games or even before it, right? There's these three fixtures. We know realistically they're not going to all play the same game, but he actually adapts things depending on who he's playing, and it works. He knows he can now, if, and we're now in a situation not just this team, it's a squad. We were looking before, say even before the campaign started, and we're like, oh, we've got no centre-backs, we've no right wing-back, we've no striker. Now we're looking at it and we're like, we've got about six centre-backs, we've got two good wing-backs, right wing-backs, we've got folk that can still come in. Ralston obviously comes in and plays on the left last night, but we know what he's done this season, there's others as well. Up front, we've now got Lyndon Dykes, who's going to win his World Cup. We've got Shea Adams, who is, like, let's put some love in his name massively, because the role he's played in terms of, as a sole striker, I know he was getting support from attacking midfielders, but both games absolutely tremendous. Like as in anyone that questions the whole rule about players playing for us, watch Ray Adams. If you think he's given any less air with us, you're up a wrong tree. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I agree with that. I, I don't even give any. See, you know, I don't. I never give any oxygen to to that kind of people like that. Um, but you know, like what you're saying there. John, you know, our depth now, we, we do have such depth of, of squad, you know, where players can drop out. And, you know, Suter, Suter come in, he's not played a game in three years for Scotland. He's 
barely played football in years, three Achilles injuries. And he was an absolute colossus last night. Um, and I know I know James does the um is it the Tartan Tracker that James does with the with the Tartan scarf? Is it yeah, the the weekly thread on uh, just watching uh, the national players across all ages and the men's and women's how they're performing. And look, looking at looking at you know looking at our squad depth, there's got to be players out there that are tearing their hair out. Like you know, obviously, gold is the is the obvious example. Aye. But I mean, there's got to be other players out there that that haven't even had a look in yet. That in normal times, because this isn't Scotland normal times, uh, would would be in there with a shout. I think well, we, we were naming guys before the before this international break because we knew Dykes was going to be suspended, and the names that were coming up were like we got Brown in the end, but we were coming up with names like Johnny Russell, who's playing great in MLS. We were saying Tony Watt, who's obviously playing great, great in uh, for Mullerwood in Scotland. So the, the the options are there, and we've got guys that we could bring into the squad that haven't played yet. But yeah, like, the, the the points is that I mean this. I think this international break has shown just the depth that we have. And like that's that was almost unthinkable even a few months ago. So last but, night, it, I know we're like, like we're right to all over the place now. Last night, we were without, suppose, like two of our first three choice centre-backs that did, did it show. Because Suter and Cooper, no. I think Cooper as well. Cooper's been one of those guys, he's t- he turns up all the time. Uh, if he's fit, I think there's been a week, there was a bit of problems that leads with injuries at times. But he turns up does they complain? Never hear them complain. Again, last night, did they miss Grant Hanley? No, which is brilliant. Because it now means that when it comes to March, Steve Flatt's got a problem. That's a great position to be in. I actually think the defence was better last night than it has been throughout the campaign. I, think, I don't think Cooper's let us down when he's come in. For some reason, he's not first choice. But every time he's played, he's played well. Suter coming in was absolutely fantastic. He, he got man of the match and, and fully deserved it. It was unth- a year ago it would have been think- unthinkable for me to say we missed Grant Hanley. Last night we didn't miss Grant Hanley, and that's a surprise. Because a year and a half ago, if you'd asked me, if you'd have said to me, uh, you know, down the line, our you know defence is going to be dominated by Jack Hendry. John Souter and Grant Hanley. I thought you were taking, honestly, I thought you were talking about a Scotland B match. Well, they're, they're last night, we've no get Hendry, Hanley, and McTominay. So there's centre backs, plus McKenna comes off the bench, and I know some people don't like McKenna, whatever. But then again, so competition for places. Then back to the B team. So James, have even more. James, interesting one for you that to make the playoff game, would you bring McTominay back in? I mean, he comes back into the squad but it is kind of hard I mean last night I think when we were making the subs I was kind of thinking it would be, it'd be sort of the guy you wanted to call on at that point but it is such a tough one because like you say everyone's playing so well there's not there's not a single criticism you could dish out last night one of the best things about Sewer is I mean I noticed this one of the first games he played for us when we were I think it was Belgium in the friendly one of his first caps and I, I felt like he was only one of the centre-halves that was looking right into the centre of the pitch to try and pick out the passes instead of playing it along the back and like that was one of his first caps Belgium you know they were really putting the pressure on and he was always looking forward and it was the same again last night He was his head was up he was looking for balls into feet it helps when you've got likes of Gilmore offering short 
but it, I mean, it's I mean, like I'm, I'm I don't think I can answer it to be honest. It's a headache the manager's going to have, and it, like it's a good if you've got selection headaches because everyone's playing so well. That's you know, it's a good problem to have. So, but I mean, <sighs> like when you start listening, like Hanley, Suter, Cooper, um, Tierney, McTominay. I know I've missed someone there. Um, Henry, like look at that. How like that's like you say, cast your mind back a year and a half ago, and you start saying these guys are all scrapping for the same positions, and you've really got a dilemma. You've been going, well, it's a good problem to have, but I don't know how we quite got here. <laughs> I suppose it will depend on form when it comes to Mark. Oh, we, we now know that we've got guys, whoever they're going to play, whatever combination of three, it's going to be good. I think the one thing we can agree on is Kieran Tierney's a definite. I stick on. <clears throat> and, then it's, and then it's five or six into two. I think you'll go with Hanley. I think you'll probably go back with McTominay, but I think defensively we looked better without McTominay because we played with a natural centre back. But I can see that he likes to play, but Suter can seem to be able to build from the back. So I think he'll, he'll go back to the players that he trusted and Hanley and uh, McTominay. But it's great just to even be chatting about people that could come in and just slot in nicely and still have a clean sheet against Denmark. The only concern I would have about Hanley, and it's not from a point of what he's done for Scotland, is what will Norwich be like at that point? Will they be in a relegation battle and different things like that? Whereas we might have players like Suter, who's up the top at Hearts of the League, still doing well, and suits the system. In terms of that system, having a back three, as uh, James pointed to, you kind of need guys that are going to be progressive and getting up the pitch. But the thing is, with Hanley as your main player... It's just you're, you're, you're kind of one in the middle. You don't need as long as you've got two players either side of them that can play the pass and stuff like that. You don't really need him to do it as well. You've got Cooper can do similar, but, sometimes, but also sometimes it's when you're talking about the Norwich situation, sometimes players actually relish getting away from troubles at their club to then do well with the international team because they feel as if it's a breath of fresh air. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too worried about that, that Hanley uh, scenario happening. Well, no worries because we've got that many options. Uh, even, I mean, like again, Partison obviously going back to Friday, scores, assists. That He's now no far off. He's going to be like 10 caps early. Like Billy Gilmer's now the third, is it third best for 10 caps after Willie Henderson and Paul McStay? Aye. Youngest. Partison will not be far off that as well. So Partison, tremendous on Friday. Uh, man of the match, wasn't he? Friday, yeah. Uh, uh, no question. Uh, outstanding obviously he gets suspended and I know there was a bit of concern O'Donnell comes in last night shows why Clark trusts him I honestly don't think O'Donnell's ever let us down to be honest like there's sometimes he's definitely not been the best player in the park but I feel like he's just an obvious scapegoat every time it's snobbery James because of who he plays with it's, it's entirely because of who he plays with but mm. It reminds me so much, obviously it's a different position, but it reminds me so much of James McFadden. He's a guy that goes into a Scotland shirt and he becomes 10 times taller, do you know? And he's never let us down. Even, even the Czech Republic game, which he was so maligned for, he didn't do anything that bad. Yeah, he just was like electric. It's probably not Yeah, the criticism after that. Is it, he's not the criticism after that game. I honestly thought when I was reading the stuff on Twitter, I was like, I mean, I was like, did we watch the same game? Like, was was O'Donnell wearing a different shirt number from the one these guys? Because I honestly couldn't see where they were fine. Like, there was a, quite a few guys out of the day that 
didn't sort of live up to expectations. Yeah. And like McComney, who happens to play with Man U, but they're picking O'Donnell because he plays with Man yeah. This is the thing, when I was talking about criticism, I know Scott, you came in, right? But this is where it was. See, at these, the Euros and O'Donnell and certain players, the criticism was personal. These guys are on social media. If you think they don't see what's getting said, then, yeah. like, think about it this way, right? See if any of us are on there and say we're at work, right? We're getting criticised for our work. Someone comes on and go, this, that, the other. And it's it's no, it's no like, just, um, I don't know, feedback as such, constructive feedback. It's personal. No one, no one wants that. Regardless of whether you're a professional footballer or you're a, I don't know, a teacher, whatever. No one wants that. Stuart Armstrong's another who I think gets abuse. Okay, maybe again he's not been as good for Scotland, maybe all as for Southampton. I've seen him getting abuse. I see players. There's, there's no need for getting players actual abuse. Maybe I criticise performance, not a good game, but actual personal abuse, uncalled for. He's another one actually. Sometimes, like you know, seems to just becomes a you know the guy that gets always. Like singled out, especially like I think after his departure from Celtic, like I used to see the abuse he was getting weekly on Twitter, and then he left, and then there seemed to be more abuse and bitterness. And I was like, no wonder he wanted to get out of that sort of atmosphere. And like you know, like you say, it's his job at the end of the day. And like, if that's a sort of toxic, like he, I think he actually had Twitter and then deleted it. Mm-hmm. And you kind of got to remember, like I, I think Scotland is quite a small country. I know like England's obviously got their own problems with abusing their players, but it's just like these guys go home and read this, and they've got families and. The, the families read it as well. That's the worst part, of, you know. But I think, you no, know, I read something last night about him after the game. All the players went back to the dressing room. I think he went up, saw his son in the stand, and he sort of went down to the pitch and had a wee moment. And he just, like, this guy, like, lives and breathes Scotland. Like, and he, it'll hurt them so much because they, they'll feel like I mean, they don't let the country down, but it means so much to them. We've, we've seen it with so It's good to see them, like, get. We've seen it with Ryan Christie last year. Like those tears were everyone. Yeah. That was the whole nation that's been Scotland fans. Yeah. We I have been disappointed. Yeah. We have been hurt. We thought, oh, we're on the verge or something. These players actually are fans as well. I think that's the thing. That's why the connection yeah. is so good. They actually care properly about playing for the country. Pretty passionate about defending the players. To be fair, I always am. I don't like. I don't see the point in criticizing players from. Unnecessary reasons. But but I, I, I think them coming out and def- they defend themselves these days by the, the performances they put on the pitch. I mean, the O'Donnell one's a perfect one because he, I don't think he had a great game against the Czech Republic, but he wasn't the only one. He came out, he got the most abuse out of anybody, and he came out and put in a man in a match performance against England. Yeah, now, I know it went to Gilmer, but he was he was terrific he should have scored he well it was a good save mentioned he did he score that night but he was brilliant that night and that to me I'm not going to condone abuse that he was getting but that to me showed the character of the guy and I've got a lot more respect for him for that alone to come out after all the abuse he got and, and put in a performance like that that's the way to say yeah. there's better players than him in no regard this is I'm no criticising obviously but better players than him that have bad games Everyone yeah. has bad days at work. That, that's what it comes down to. I remember Andy Robertson was getting criticism. Yeah, I mean, it's only really... I, 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 Robertson's a weird one um, because, you know, because of who he is, and he is, uh, he is probably the best left-back in Europe. And, you know, 
for so long. He's, you've seen him turn up for Scotland in you immediately. You know, the fans all immediately expect him to be the Andy Robertson of Liverpool. And, you know, until recently, you know, I, I just I don't feel that we played with enough confidence that allowed him to, to, to be that player. We are now, though. And you're starting to see that and you're starting to see why he is he is the best left back in Europe. And it shows on the pitch because he's been outstanding the past 15, 20 games. We think he's developed into a leader as well. That's the thing, I think. Definitely. When he came in the captaincy, it probably maybe was a bit too early, but he's developed as a leader. I think the thing with with Robertson, I think he is, is, uh, Josh was saying, kind of tarnished with the same brush that Dan Fletcher got because you weren't getting the same performances. And as Josh said, you you have to look at the circumstances. He wasn't playing with Virgil van Dijk. He wasn't playing with the champions of Europe. And it's also, he he didn't have, it was, it's more his confidence, I think, in the terms of who he was playing with. So we were, secure, we, were, we were pretty shit at the back. So you can't then just bust forward whenever you want if you think, oh, shit, these guys can't really defend. And then we were playing with probably more wingers at the time. So he's then not being able to then go through because the person's already up, up in, you know, either Forrest or Fraser are probably in his position already. And who's he aiming for? Do you know what I mean? There was we were lacking strikers for a lot of the time that he when he was coming through. And I'm now, the, yeah, sorry, Josh. No, no, I was just I was just going to say, Scott, and I think you, you're kind of you've you've kind of suggested it there in, in, in this system. Robertson has 40, 45 yards of the pitch to run at, but exactly. in, in the systems that we've we've done before. He's, he's receiving the ball maybe on a through ball from one of the wingers and he's only got maybe 15, 20 yards of the pitch to run into. Um, and, and there isn't, you know, that... I mean, look at that that one on Friday where, where he, he has, you know, maybe about 30, 30, 35 yards to go and he just knocks it by uh, the Moldovan defender, you know, just sends him for an absolute hot dog and then sprints and uses that pace he's so known for. And he, he should have scored. Well, he should have scored. It was, it was a tough finish. But, th- you know, that, that's the Andy Robertson that plays with Liverpool, you know? Do you think we had an issue as well when we were trying to shoehorn Robertson and Tierney and we couldn't quite get it right? We've now got it absolutely spot on. Because mine as well was a period Tierney wasn't available for injuries. We're now having that. We had Andy Robertson now knows if he goes forward, Tierney will cover up for him, but vice versa. Obviously, we've got this the whole underlapping centre backs, which is the best invention ever for Scotland. I'm telling you, but if, if Tierney goes forward, Robertson will cut back, and it'll be like a point of back. That was like Denmark last night. I thought Tierney wasn't playing centre back. He was all, he was bloody playing left wing at most of the time. Was it he right? Was, getting, was it a right wing at one point? He was everywhere. He was. I mean, he's doing nutmeg. Was that Moldova? He was doing nutmegs, wasn't it? Uh, Moldova, yeah. Like that's just that's just centre back. Like what three? He's, he must be the, he, honestly, he must be one of the fittest footballers that is that ever. He, he's, his work rate is outstanding. Uh, I mean, Chris, will, Chris, Chris is obviously upset. I know we're no club country, but Chris, you've obviously seen Tierney over since he was what, 17? Yeah. So. And, uh, Ronnie Dyla made that, made him into the player he is. Um, and Brendan Rodgers capitalised on that and just built it even more. And. He probably moved away from Celtic at the right time for him. Um, I don't know if the Kobe went, it was a particularly good one. At least he's a Scotland player, he's still got a chance of silver winning. But aye, he's, he's, he's just, he's carried on when he left off at Celtic and 
he's taking it into the national side. Sometimes there's, you sometimes get players that don't do that. They're maybe good for their club, but no, it's good for the country. Or occasionally you get them good for the, the country, but no, for the club. He's terrific for both. Even the Arsenal fans still sing up with about him as well. So uh, he is he is one of the first names on the team sheet. I know earlier on we were talking about having choices for different positions, but there are certain players in that team, like Tierney, like McGinn, like Robertson, obviously, that are in there every single time. Gordon's another one. Gordon is in outstanding form this season. And the saves he was making, like, I mean, we're laughing about the fact he never, he never saves penalties except for in Europe. But even the saves he's making during the game, I think I... I do struggle to remember him having a quieter game for Scotland than he did against Denmark. Apart from one terrific save. I think we Craig Gordon, though, he's always been a great shot stopper. Obviously at Celtic. Oh, I, and the system that Rodgers is trying to play is a sweeper-keeper type, and that's not Craig Gordon's game. But, uh, yeah. interest, interesting question, John, about Craig Gordon. I was having this discussion with the, boy, with the guys the other night. But for injury... Do, do you know? But for injury, do we think that Craig Gordon could could have could have went higher than, for example, Sunderland? I, I without a doubt, without a doubt, I personally think he could have went to a top European club. Is is that good? Absolutely, and I know a lot of people have been saying about um, the keeper situation. So obviously, just now Marshall's out of favour. We know what he's done before. The likes of Kelly, Clark, McLaughlin between them must have what less than five caps. Which is the only sl- slight worry would be if Gordon picked up an injury. Did McLaughlin not get a cap at some point in a friendly? No. Oh, but uh, he's the only one that's capped. Though. Aye. In Mexico so, when we did that tour of Peru. Yeah. Um, so that's, I suppose, the only slight concern because obviously we know in football, unfortunately, people can get injuries. And if anyone knows, Craig Gordon will be one that knows. Again, we were talking about Suter earlier, coming back from all his injuries. Craig Gordon was retired. Yeah. Yeah. I seen that mad that mad picture of him coaching with Dumbarton about five or six years ago uh, when he was because uh, when he was when he came back up to Sunderland before I think before Celtic signed him he was either coaching with Dumbarton or he was training with Dumbarton or something um, training was, with Rangers as well it, but he was told huh? he wouldn't play again he was told he would and never played for was it two or three seasons I think he never played was it two or three yeah oh, so, I, I, but I to come back to come back like that there's another example. The resilience in this squad is maybe because of these situations. I think what, what kind of vindicates the point of he would have played at a higher level is that Chelsea came in for him to be their kind of number two, and it was, it was totally earmarked. He was he was scouted and everything, and that was after that horrific injury. That was with his performances at Celtic and everything else that they thought, right? Well, we need a, a steady number two. And I know, but. If you, if we, he all, we all need a steady number two. <laughs> <laughs> but if he if he hadn't if he hadn't of had those injuries, then I think you'd have been a, a number one easily. You know I mean? it's those kind of years of missing, and you know what it's like in the Premier League. If you're not in the Premier League, you sometimes get unnoticed and stuff like that down there. Um, so suddenly they had a kind of battle with Minnelli that probably didn't help them either at the time because they were both. In and out the team, so it's a hard, it's a hard one because I think he would have been at a bigger club. Um, but then would have been, you know, it wasn't Celtic. And obviously, they're a big club, so he was playing Champions League, and I think it, it, Celtic would have been much better keeping him on. Uh, they would have had a better season last season, so um, considerable. But yeah. 
But anytime he's never really let Scotland down. I'm not that I can remember anyway. It's not something that I've got any memories of. No, I can't think of it at all. But, but that, that's the only situation. It just now at keeper, we kind of like, what do we do? Because but, but, but McLaughlin always comes in and does does a decent job for Rangers. I mean, it's not. It, it wouldn't for a, a game to game basis. It wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. And I, I, I like Xander Clark and Kelly. But they've got. I mean, if like, it happens, it happens. And you've yeah. got to have confidence that these guys can step up. I suppose the thing will be just now if it's not a, because of the way football at international level is suited now, nah, the Nations League, every game's important. There's no friendlies now. So hopefully there's a point whereby we maybe can try out a keeper just to get international experience because it is, it is a different thing. Just maybe. But that's the only thing. It's not a big thing because I say Gordon, and he said it himself, he's like, I'm going to play for another three, four years. I don't see any reason just now why not. He's a fit guy. So, I don't know. I don't know how many years John McGinn's going to have in him. He, he's going to have some back problems, is he not? Backside problems. Well, it was crouching panda having a shade every time I saw him getting the ball. Do you know what I mean? Was, somebody, somebody said, Scott. Uh, I was on the radio or something the other night. Somebody said, "Who's Craig Lean?" Actually, he said he runs like he's uh, get chased by a helicopter or something like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you see the picture I shared earlier in the WhatsApp where don't forget Kim Kardashian with our suit. Um, naked and basically they were saying John McGinn should replicate this picture because let's face it remember you used to have re- Reader of the Year John McGinn's a shoe in for that surely Reader of the Year has to be because I do remember you're what similar to to me you must oh, remember Reader of the Year can I think Carol Smiley with one aye aye John McGinn right. every day of the week one of, the, one of the ones I heard for uh, it was Levine on the radio talking about like the way because it is like fairly unique the way he shields the ball and, and it was honestly it was so funny because it was so accurate they went it's like a gorilla shielding it's young <laughs> and that was bang on I was like I was just so it's the way he's just hunched over it like and you know that's the one thing it was one of the ones I highlighted about Nathan Patterson getting the assist for Shea on Moldova he commits Going forward, past McGinn because he knows McGinn's not losing the ball. Yeah. Like, whenever you see him getting possessed, like once it's in his area, that's his. Do you know the thing as well about McGinn though? He keeps on evolving as a midfielder because I always used to remember him like he was a box to box, so he could tackle, put a shift in. Now he's doing all sorts back heels, pirouettes, everything. And do you know what? It's because really there's nothing they can, it's he, almost like there's nothing they can do. He's this squad's James McFadden. He's the talisman and he loves it. If you if you think of the goal yesterday, right? He hit a shite corner that we got lucky with and they cleared it back out for a corner. The fans then sang the John McGinn song. And you can see where he's you know, I watched the game afterwards on the on the telly back at home. And you can always feel as if he's just that that's just reverberating in his body as he puts that ball back down and then delivers a perfect corner into the back post that gets headed back. It's it's just that he just feels as if he's Mr. Scotland like McFadden was, and that's it's it's truly amazing to see because he doesn't let us down, especially if we give him the freedom to go forward. That's we're always calling out for him just to be the able to get a bit forward and the McGregor uh Gilmore partnership in midfield is allowing him to do that. On you go, Josh. I was just going to say, um, do you know something as well that, that about McGinn that's always that's always got me? McGinn came in at St Mirren early. He made his debut at 16 or 17 or something. He's only 27. He's played over 400 competitive games. So 
he's played a lot of football at a young age and, and that's, you know, moulded them in, a, in my opinion. Um, you know, that's just this all, this rounded, you know, confident player that he is at, at only the age of 27. How often do we see English Premier League players nowadays, they get to like 25, 26 and they're in, you know, 30, 40 professional games. Do you know what I mean? Whereas John McGinn has played so much football in his career already. And, you know, we're talking about, um, James was talking about the, the, unique, the unique way that he shields, shields the ball. You know, Scotland has invented so many things to do with football. Here's John McGinn, he's invented a new way to, um, to okay. shield the ball when, you're, um, when he's got his back to goal. Do we think as well the reason why he's so special is because he seems like a regular guy? Like one right. of us. See that way? See the other way? See a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, I think he was at a Kilmarnock game um, to obviously watch his brother. And he was in all the pubs afterwards, photos of fans, chatting away. You know, like sometimes footballers are detached at the highest level. Like if you went up to him, you would feel, uh, do I go up to him, do I not? He's just like, a fan again, a fan like this whole thing after Moldova and Fridays. Like, he's like, Chris, he was basically you doing all the permutations. What's happening, by the way? We're recording this. What's the scores? Because it's all done, right? Tell us, so, Chris, this is right, so, uh, as we knew beforehand, Portugal, Scotland, Italy, and Russia were all seeded, regardless of what happened tonight. Sweden have held on to their seeded position and have been joined by Wales. So, the unseeded teams are Poland, North Macedonia, Turkey. Ukraine have um, removed Finland for it, and the two for the Nations League are listed in the Czech Republic. So, so we will get one of them at Hamden in March. So we're getting Austria, Czech Republic is who we're getting. We're getting Austria, aren't we? No, Chris, you were Poland. Yeah, we're Poland. Like, fuck it, we'll beat anyone, like, genuinely. But do you know the thing is with this squad as well, the interesting thing that I've just thought about there, see if you look at like Andy Robertson, you look at Kieran Tierney, you look at John McGinn. They've all started quite young. Every time they've been asked to step up, whether it's been playing certain divisions, then moving up to the top division, then playing European football, then playing in England, then playing for international, they've always met the challenges every single time. And that's what we've got. We've got players who are ready to step up and head on to the next challenge and just relish that next opportunity. Do you know the difference as well? See, before when we had all the there was complaints about we've got all these players playing down south, it was championship players. We've still got a couple maybe in the squad, but they're mainly at the top level in England. But like they, all these guys, they're, they're not just playing, they're not about, they're not yo, they're not playing for yo yo teams. It's all teams that are like established, good teams. And actually, some of them are, are integral to that to their actual team, like Tierney Robertson. We have we have had that over the years though, but I just feel I feel that now that the confidence we have, you know, that this this era of glorious failure, that's over. That's you know, this this phrase of glorious failure, oh a typical Scotland blowing it again, that's over. Do you know, typical Scotland now is turning up doing a professional job against Moldova on the Friday and then walking out against one of the best teams in the world on Monday and absolutely spanking them. That's that's typical Scotland now, and and the, you know we, we have that confidence now about our own ability, and and that you know you you were talking about the um, the players themselves. You know, John McGinn just seems like a regular guy. No, that that all ties into the relationship with the fans. Don't you know the fans appreciate that the the the, yep. the boys seem really 
you know, like really good lads. Do you know what I mean? Aye, the type of guys you would like, you reckon if you were in the pub with them, like you're a Meadow fan, right? Let's let's bring it to Western Scotland level. See when like I I came, no, I know no, I'm not going I'm not going to talk about how we beat you five one there. Oh, sorry, uh, but we've spoken before like about how see when like a team like that wins a tournament or wins something, you go partying with the players. I feel like see when we win Euro twenty twenty four. I think the World Cup's too early. We're all going to be in Germany, some big massive party with all the players. I, I've I've got I've got it. My missus always tells me, see if you visualize something strong enough, it will happen. So I'm going to keep visualizing this dream. You're going to visualise you and Scott McTominay sharing a pint in a pub in Germany? No, no, it'll be John Suter. So John Suter, actually, here's a story. When John Suter was injured uh, last year, I think I might have told this one before, I was in Dundee at a pub, but it was COVID time, so you couldn't go to other tables. So I was going to the missus, you know that way, whispering that. So he, he could kind of tell, because he, he, he could kind of can tell. I, can, I just say, can I just say, can I just say, John, for everybody who's listened to the podcast, which is everybody, because nobody can see this, John was intimating to his wife that somebody was in the next table because you just went with your head and t- oh, tilted your head. Yes, was, you went, I was, I was, that was me. That was me doing whispering. That was me whispering. So, uh, but you so, just then went to your head as if we could all, as if so, they could see it. But it was at a table behind. You know what I mean? So if it had been like not COVID, I'd have been like confident. Hi, you're right. Kind of thin, whatever. So saw him then, but you could tell. You know that way. Someone tells when someone's like talking about them. But then later on that night, so in between being at our pubs and all that, and then I went to go to this, there's a few uh, rumba, which is pretty good in Dundee. Uh, walked in, it's, I didn't realise how tiny it was, there's about three or four tables. Who's sitting up the back? John Shooter and his pal. Now, generally, no word of a lie, he waved at me. And I was like, I looked at him, he looked behind. So he obviously didn't realise earlier I'm talking about him. And he, he, he was obviously, he'd had a few. He was on the crutches. Loving it. Brilliant. These kind of things. So I judge it and be a definitely a pint. Plus, he's got a good first name. John McGinn. John Suter. Like, there's, there's, a, there's a theory here, isn't there? They're, they're all good guys. <laughs> so there's, there's my Scotland player story. Who's ever been in a pub with a Scotland player? Various times. Right, go. Well, I, I had to go up to Alan Hutton when I was working in China Eight Nightclub, and they asked me when it was going to be busy on a Tuesday night, and I told them a Saturday night. So, if you know, various Celtic used to have the team meetings when I worked to the Hilton every Friday night before the home Aye, game. But that's work. That's work and all that. Actually, having a beer and all that. Just having a beer. Well, McCoy's was behind me. I never ever spoke to him. Oh, did you not? He's your, he's no. your hero. I know. Did you cite it? Did you cite no, it? No, I, I, I don't mention the players. I just I, I feel as if it's their night out. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to go up in. And... Josh, can you tell us a story? Now, remember the last time you were on and someone was like on the bevy with you at the Tartan Army? Are you going to tell everyone or not? You don't need to. You sent me the picture. Oh, uh, no, I'll be near away. Um, we uh, we got, we, we were having a kick about in Tirana Square in Albania. Uh, and uh, the BBC come up, um, went to film and some of that for the news, um, and Stephen Thompson was there, and he says, uh, he says, all right, lads, uh, how's it going? He's up there, feed them, kick about, I'll do the kick about these, and the camera guys will film it and all that, and blah, 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 and we're like, fine, mate, right? And after we, done the, after we had a wee kick about, he says, well, what he's doing now? He's got to go for a beer. 
<laughs> and uh, and we went and he took us there and sure enough he bought us all a fucking round of drinks and we sat drinking with him all afternoon. At the end of it, right, he says, right, I need to go and meet the producer for, for dinner, but give us one of your numbers and I'll text you later on if he's out of club. we are like, aye, mate, right, all right. Aye, here, here's the number as if, you know, aye. he's just trying to like, like, like it's a girl. Like, aye, like, just, you're actually, you're just trying to make it. You're not going to know, but it's actually Scott's number. Sure enough, a couple of hours later, one of the boys' phone goes, all right, mate, it's Tomo, where are you? Um, next thing, next thing, he turns up a taxi. Fifteen minutes late, later, absolutely mortal man. Uh, pure party, anyways, in this club all night, and then he had to get huckled into a taxi. And <laughs> up the road. Right, James. Summer, James summer it's going to be hard to top. James, have you got any uh, Scotland player meetings? No, I've up to that. Um, I actually don't think I have. I says I've plenty of rave stories, but. Scotland, I'm just like, maybe it's because I've not been abroad and I've got the, the away games experience, but I've, I've, I feel like I, this is just going to get up to the I've got, I've, coffee. I've got, an, I've got another one for you, John, that I've never actually told you. All um, right. Gary, Gary Caldwell was at my brother's wedding. This is brilliant. Right. Um, and see, I've got a ta- so I've got a tattoo. Uh, I've got a tattoo loads of different kind of Scotland artwork on it and I've got James right. McFadden scoring against France brilliant brilliant okay um, and uh, and and I, I say oh I, Gary right and I'm wearing a full kilt in that and it's fucking bluttered obviously and no I, like, I don't believe that no that's the that's the in my steaming mind I'm like oh, this is going to be a great idea man so I stripped half in the middle of the wedding you know I killed with he's putting on that right and the bottom of the pattern with that right and like that right and I'm like Gary what do you think of that right and then right and he's, he's just like right aye, brilliant right mate no nah, hassle right and did not go where's mine where's mine no, from it, when I was going <laughs> it didn't. It didn't occur to me until the next day that he never fucking played in that game. Uh, he scored against France. I put in the reverse fixture, uh, and, then, yeah. and then I thought. I thought to myself, well, actually, I'm showing him that that tattoo of that match. Did he actually play in that game? I went to check. Yes. Yes. Do, you remember, do you remember Craig, director of podcasting, used to tell us about he was at school with Gary Caldwell, and he wasn't even that good at football. Was at school. You're on mute, Chris, by the way. I know. I just don't know what to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to remember that. <laughs> Do you remember? He used to always tell us about how, well, I'm guessing that both brothers were there at the school. Um, but you said, Craig used to tell us all the time about Gary Cogler was at the school. With him. Any foot Scotland player meetings in pubs? For you? Me, no. Oh, you must have. No. No? No, I'm not no, I should count Ian Durant long, long, long after he retired. I, I've met Ian Durant in a club, actually. I saw him in that pub last year as well. Yeah. Uh, Billy Dodds as well. Aye. I told him I didn't. Age, you're showing your age there, John. I, I'm showing my age, I, I was clubbing as well. I was young at the time, but uh, yeah. Proceeded to tell him how I didn't like him anymore because he wasn't at Aberdeen. Yeah. I, thought that, I thought that was a fair thing to say to him, but he didn't, he didn't like that for some reason. Interesting one there though, John. Chris is talking about the the playoffs. Who 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 are we wanting in this? You know, James. Who are you wanting in the semis? Right, I'm just looking at this now. So <clears throat> in the semis, I think it's 
very hard to like. I mean, although like none of the games are going to be easy. I think like obviously North Macedonia catches your eye straight away. Is you know at home you're backing yourself ninety nine times a hundred to put them to bed. Um, I much like I know obviously the Euros went by. We've got quite a good record against the Czechs. I feel. So I wouldn't be too scared of them. And then obviously, given we've just faced Austria twice and come away four points to the good in a full stadium, unlike when we drew at home. So I think, I think if my, my, if I was to pick three, it'd be first choice Macedonia, then Austria or the Czechs. But I, I think want Poland, revenge on the Czechs. Yeah, I want revenge on the Czechs. Like, I want a full house at Hamden and just beat the racists. Oh, yeah, I'm into that, by the way. Yeah, just, let's just hump them. Poland, pretty Poland and Ukraine are the ones to avoid. Turkey. Oh no, Chris. Chris is part Poland. Chris wants Poland. We want us to get Poland again. Revenge. Poland. Like, remember that campaign as well. Like, there's a few teams there. Sorry to interrupt, James. On you go. No, I know you mean that. I think if you (laughs) it's revenge. You could literally go down the whole line. And find something I've, that they've done in the past. <laughs> I've been watching too much Cobra Kai recently. Like, Chris, this is one you I know this is digressing, but we like to do this. Cobra Kai is all about the revenge, isn't it? I, I love revenge. Brilliant, like, when, it comes, when it comes to football, like, I'm all about the revenge. So, there's a few teams in there. Italy, to be honest, if we get to the final, I, like, let's face it, if, if you want to be the best, you need to beat the best. How good would that be? Um, let's good? just wait. Let's wait for Qatar to beat the t- best of the I've got this one in Europe 2024. Uh, this way, I mean, it's three important bits. Like, we want to we get a decent, unseeded, uh, we want a decent offer, unseeded one, which is the only one out there I don't fancy is Poland because I don't want Lewandowski near us. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because of our connections. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think uh, the trickiest one of the five, the one of the six, any of the other fives. I know Turkey were heavily fancied at the Euros, but they never turned up at all, and they seem to have been that way again. You know, I mean, a bit iffy. So, but I would still prefer. I I really want the checks. I really want to smash them. So that's who I want. Right. So I would I would go with that. No, I think I've I've an nasty film. We'll get Austria. Just because that's fine, that's fine. And well, I think you're right. I think we're capable of beating them. If we get past them, the other thing I want is I want the home draw from the the final. Obviously, yeah. obviously. Um, so if we can get a, get a, so if we get a seed at Hamden, obviously you'd rather avoid Portugal and Italy if you can. See Russia, Sweden, Wales at Hamden. We could take them. Anyone, we can take anyone. See, see, interesting. So where do we finish in the seeds? Does it matter in terms so of... We were second. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where finished. Three for all now, right? So, the one we were talking about earlier. Remember we were talking about earlier. What we want is a non-seed to beat another seed. So, aye, hopefully... Aye, that'd be ideal. Because then we're definitely hamden. For both games. I think it's just a draw, whatever you get. It's a draw. It's the draw. Fuck. But you want the non-seed to beat the seed, so you've got a easier game. The, the, the one rule they've got though I've just seen this is that despite the fact that it's technically an open draw between seeds and unseeds the one pair in the low days Russia and Ukraine oh yeah true oh. Uh, so we'll keep them apart oh, can we let them play and then the winners keep Crimea no <laughs> <laughs> I think if they play like we might not be far off World War 3 that's uh, that's next week's that's uh, Scottish politics forums. 
Oh, you can do I, that next week for that one. Right, if we're going for politics, we always actually what Aaron's not on, so usually food starts earlier here. Right, so last night Hamden had him a dinner. I thought, I oh, go and get a wee bit of food. Why is it? Why is this queue so so small? Went up to it. So uh, no, listen, listen. It's better than this, I think, or worse, depending what uh, side you're on. So went up. I thought, right, I'll get a wee hot drink. It's cold. That's fine. Uh, uh, maybe get something to eat. Any bottle? No, I'm like. You know that's a drink, but don't you? No, but it's football. So have a, 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 a hot drink. Well, bovril can be a, a meal. It's a bit like the <laughs> it's a bit like the the hot drink Guinness, isn't the it? The Scottish is that the Scottish Slimfast? It's, it's, it's the hot. It could it's be a hot, meal. <laughs> no, but, it's a bit like no, but like, no, like with drinks, alcoholic drinks, like folks say, a Guinness is like a, a meal. So a bovril is like a meal sometimes. So I'm like, right, a bovril. No, I'm thinking, how do you know a bovril at the football? I was at a bloody vegan stall. <laughs> That's why it was so quiet. So, nay Bob, no, I got. I never wanted Bob. I got. I got a cup of tea. Uh, a cup of tea was all right, but aye. Uh, at the vegan store, you got a cup of tea, so you didn't get any milk. Aye, I don't take milk in my tea. No, so you're all right. I'm all right, but the missus got a vegan mm-hmm. sausage roll. Now, my missus doesn't mind about her veg and all that. She said it was the worst thing she'd ever eaten. I mean, the thing is, if some vegan stuff, it's not the, it's not actually the, the meat replacements, it's the pastry, pastry and stuff. Aye, because butter, quite, no butter. Uh, and all that. that. So, anyone else get food at the football last night? I got my first pie of the season, and to say it was anemic looking <laughs> is uh, something else. I've seen, seen that thing, Scott. That was the end of the shooting game. Listen, it was, uh, listen, I've been about sort of five or six games so far, and not had a pie. It, it, it wasn't bad, it's just your kind of usual fare at a big stadium. Do you know what I mean? It's just not oh, the same Scott, as you get. It was a five out, out of ten. Five out of ten, I've seen you. It, well, no, it was a five out of ten. Aye, oh, it's that. just average. It's just, it's just, you know, it was. It was cooked inside, uh, but you know, you, you know, you, you know yourself. You go down to the area, the Ayrshire kind of. Aye, aye. But you got games. You get medal. You got medal when you beat. You go. You you you'll get a proper. You'll get a proper feed. But no, it, it, I was just happy to get a pie. To be honest, but it wasn't. It wasn't the best by any stretch. Right. So we're talking about nicknames earlier. So I've been. What have I been? Bad joke, John. F bomb, John. How are you doing? Two pies, Chris. Good. Aye, 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 I've vlogged about that one myself. You, you can't nickname yourself. It doesn't work. No, I'm nicknaming you. You, never... you said when you call me two pies. No, no, aye, but I, I put the, the whole combination together. Like, <laughs> I, I'm taking credit for this. Here, I've nicknamed myself before, yeah. to be fair. Like, you can't nickname yourself. No, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you two pies. I oh. bumped the moose off me. Good. <laughs> we taste it. The macaroni, the macaroni pie at Hamden is really nice. I told me that before, before I got my squatch pie. Aaron's had too much influence in the pie. Pies on here are folk who like turning to macaroni pies. Josh. Genuinely, I, I bought a macaroni pie at the Israel game just to wind her up. Aye, aye. Because that was the first game I'd been to, like, this season. Here's <laughs> a macaroni pie. There you go. It was definitely hard to get. But actually, it was it was the nicest macaroni pie I'd had. So I got another one last night. And it was okay. nice as well. No, and I, what, what, so the macaroni pie was better than the Scotch pie? Huh? Nah, the Scotch pie was all right. I don't think it was anything to write over it. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was a, I'm not a fan of Scotch pie. pie, to be honest. It wouldn't have been my first choice of pie. 
They're pretty low down the list. I'm not you, John. What do you want me to do? Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just saying. Scotch pie, like a I'm Scotch pie. For fuck's sake. It's all about do you know the what I mean? Sco- just let me have yeah. a Scotch pie. Because you go... <laughs> I mean, I didn't go at What's John going to have? I have the John like, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we No, because we all know, like, Scotch pie nowadays, that's, like, basic. It's all about the steak pie, the steak and chorizo, the barmoro pie... The Donner pie, that's any pie. That's where we had Scotch pies. Did they have steak pies in Rotherglen? Don't Rotherland? kid on your right? pies. We Scotch what? pies. Just a Scotch pie. Aye, with the Hasties and Burnside. So we get a Scotch pie. That was fine. Did they have steak pies? Aye, but we're no, we're no in the bloody 80s. Now, Scott, there's a whole plethora of food. I've seen your posh photos of food, right? <sighs> you have probably had a deconstructed pie, but it's got a bit of mince, a bit of pastry, probably on a different plate and a bit of brown sauce all over it. I, I know you, don't you try and kid on your some kind of... No, I like my food, but I would never lad. buy a deconstructed pie with three plates. I James, did you have a pie or what's your favourite pie, more the point? Yeah, I do. I'm a steak pie man, to be honest. I do like a good steak pie. When I, I know what you were saying about their shirt sort of area there in the toilet. Was it? Yeah, 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 I, I said that, but Fife is very good as well. Fife, I like a, a good I, Friday in Fife. So I, was I was just going to jump in here, and James will back me up here. You get a seriously, seriously good feed of a Stevens Bakery. Oh, yes, man. Stevens <laughs> Bakery's <laughs> mate, right? If you're ever up Kirkcaldy, mate, there's one in Kirkcaldy and there's one in that wee hamlet outside the Vermont. Can't remember the name yet. Two in Kirkcaldy now, actually, they're that good. There's a two, aye. Honestly, mate, if you're in if you're in Fife, get yourself to Stephen's Bakeries. The the Brides, the, the cakes, oh my God, it is incredible. Well, just what I was saying about the Ayrshire, first time ever at Rugby Park earlier on the season. And... Uh, I say hands down that is the best pie I've ever had at a football game like it was honestly good. I was like because it obviously you get the Browns pies in Aldi as well so I'd already sampled it yeah, from yeah. The and I was like ah pretty good pie like I usually always choose that over any others from anywhere else Um, but when I went down I got that like fresh out of the oven I was like bloody hell that's a good pie <laughs> I, I think the disappointing thing about tonight is I was really desperate to find out what Erin had at hospitality Prawn sandwiches. Aye, exactly. Exactly. Probably, probably like Kale Brooks. Hag- Haggis bonbons, probably. Kale Brooks are playing <laughs> the catering. Double bonbons. <laughs> I said caviar pies. Caviar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'll tell us next week, anyway, it'll be fine. Um, so, Erin uh, likes how we shout out. She likes when we get a shout out if she's not on. So, I uh, back to the football. Like, genuinely, like every, every player, everyone, we love everyone. See, before I go back to football, can we not oh. just have some sort of pie shop having a sponsorship here? We've not mentioned enough pies here, and enough places. Here, here, like, to be honest, I don't know, are we allowed to say names? Like, some people mention, like, the, the three arches and all that, where, like, certain food they have. I don't know, unless we're getting paid for it, are we allowed to, like, talk about places? Well, uh, because they were trying to either get them to then pay for it, it because they've heard it now. I, I, I've tried that before. Like, Craig, back in the day, used to try to get a deal with tenants now. I, I, I know I'm Scott, I'm not a big fan of tenants, I have to be said. I was trying to like give shout outs to like Brazilian lagers, Italian lagers, but I'm not sure how many Brazilians listen to the podcast. More now, but our football's so good. So, talking about adverts now, Brazilians. Scotland were supposed to playing like Brazil from 1970 last night. If you want to look like a Brazilian from the 1970s down below, get your lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. 
uk.manscape.com. 20% off and free shipping off anything. So the good thing is, we were all there last night. We still don't have a fucking clue what's going on in the 64th minute when everyone shines their phone. But you can take... <laughs> we, we don't know, do we? Does anyone know? Does anyone know? It always seems to be the 64th minute. What, I, thought, anyone... I thought it was the 67th minute in the initial game and then it turned the 64th. Was it oh. both times 64? Anyone, does anyone not know? Is it not something Aberdeen do? And it's maybe just kind oh. of... Can't... I thought the hand at Pataudry, no. Got that wrong. It's definitely not doing it in the 67th minute for long enough. Well, basically... Well, it, was, it was definitely the 64th minute last night. It was the 64th minute last night, aye. The, the good thing is, right, if you're, because it's a long day sometimes, you're on the beers and all that, your phone might die a battery. If you've got your Manscaped 4.0, it lights up, so you can join in with the fun. And <laughs> So you, you can get your Manscaped 4.0 out, shine a light, get it going, uh, and, and, and who knows, maybe you two could be, because we seen him last night, you could be like Thomas Gravison down below. Oh, you and Thomas Gravison down below? Well, I do at least, I do have something. Yeah, but that's the before and after. That's, that's the before and after of the manscape. I've got like upside down face. <laughs> For those that are not able to see me. Um, Tommy, Tommy was looking very smooth last night, so I, if, if you're getting... If you're getting that kind of smoothness off a manscape, it's definitely worth a buy. So Was that his that... best performance at Hamden, by the way, Tom's <laughs> I think it will be, actually. Uh, Fair play to him. He was, he was selfish with everybody that was coming to him. Uh, off the last miles. Even, uh, even at half-time, they were losing 1-0. They, they were in full-on party mode. Um, so, uh, uk.manscaped.com, 20% off, and free shipping, uk.manscaped.com. And there is other products coming soon. So, what's out for them? We'll tell you about them more once we get them. They do pay us, so... And they, they send us stuff. But that's good. I, yeah, almost, I, 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 I use I it in my head. I, I use it in my head. And I, I hope the Manscaped stuff you can guess what head it is. suggested, by the way. What's that? Because you, you, I hope the Manscaped stuff works better than you've suggested, because you were suggesting you can look like 70s. 70s is famous for the bush. Terrible link. Yeah. Come on. I know I'm old, but... I don't remember seeing bushes in the 70s. I don't know what's enough for <laughs> Um So I keep, keep your eyes peeled for all that kind of jazz. It, it's all good. I know, Josh, you've got some. You use it all the time. I'm on the 2.0. I'm, I'm on the lawnmower 2.0, mate. I'm still back in the, the old model. And, <laughs> but my... Uh, my down, down, but I'm remain Nicholas so far. Nicholas, aye, aye. Nicholas. Nicholas, uh, I don't have got a Nick in the team, have we, Scotland? No. No, but if we used to have Charlie. I mean, we used to have Charlie. Enough about your night out. <laughs> no, if you're talking about Nicholas, Christmas is coming, St. Nicholas. Exactly, aye. Products for your. Uh, get, get, your get your manscaped in your sack. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> St. Nick. Yeah, by the way, I'm you, see, if, see if we go on like this, I reckon, because Manscaped, they, they pay folk actually to do like jingles or like proper, like a career. I reckon they should just employ us. No, do you not hear, have you ever heard this back? See when you do this, John, it's terrible. We just yeah. laugh because we think it's great. No, but... no, because I know that's not true because everyone tells me it gets better every week. So don't bullshit me. Don't ask me No, that, that, I tied <laughs> in brilliantly. Tied in brilliantly. Aye, but 
I'm pretty sure people had different styles. Everyone has different styles nowadays. It's you like were going to the right place for the Brazilian, but you went ah, 70s. Yeah. No. Ah, well. Should have went, what? <laughs> 2002, Brazil. <laughs> Ronaldo, uh, 2002, Brazil. Aye. So, like, Scotland player, who's the Manscaped champion? Uh, who do you think's got the baldiest nuts? <laughs> Basically, aye. I like Elmer's looking pretty. Looks like a wee kit, mind you, he's got that wee bag with tea, isn't he? So. But I like Elmer's not even old enough to have grown here. I like Elmer's no shaving. He's not got enough yet, so right. let's leave Billy so, Gilmore at it. This, this ties in nice, because he, Billy Gilmore, right? There's a few players I've got a son. We need a son for Billy Gilmore. Anyone got one or can think of one? Why do you what? wait until Scott McGill's no one before he asks these sort of questions? Aye, but he, can, he only can write one song, he's only got one song. <laughs> I try not to think about songs about Billy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we continue chatting more about Scotland or what's Lyrical, or should we move on actually to the League Cup semi finals? Do we have to? As, as uh, our good friend at Old Fun Facts was pointing out, the Scottish football is now like international football broken up by club breaks. So just fu- <laughs> fu- I, I'm I'm happy not to talk about the League Cup, especially when I've got James on, who's a Red fan. Oh, yeah, we've got, but we did, that was quite a good progression. We did obviously get put out by Celtic, but that's the best we've done since we actually won it. So could we not? Uh, could we not talk about that time with Chris? When Rafe beat Celtic, I know a better League Cup to talk about. I, I think it'd be difficult because James. I don't think James is born. He was <laughs> born. Though. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he's watched the videos. I know. I could. I could. I could. I've got a decent memory. Of, oh, my dad sort of forced all the documentaries and that. So. Well, actually, actually, I, I want to hear them all because usually every week, and I'll probably still get it, Chris, because I know you'll put it in at some point. The girls don't hear about the the bleep. Button. We know what the bleep button is from 2017. James, take the stage. Your memories you've been told from others about Wraith beating Celtic. Oh, well, that's because like the story got made out of, like because obviously he was he went to all the games in the cup and the such tradition kind of got started in a regroup off the back of this through with lucky apples because every they got into a habit. Like it was like a couple of games round about then they were like it was just all they had in the car, and then I, I, I don't know how it became a routine, and it was something that I actually ended up carrying to Scotland games, which when I first started going, which was the 2008 campaign. So I kind of do think there's a weird sort of story in there somewhere. I'm pretty sure when they went to Celtic Park, they were in a pub, they were in a Celtic pub, and it was owned by one of the Celtic players or one of the former Celtic greats. Was it Granny's? Granny Smith, was it? Oh, I don't know. I, that's a, that's did, did, detail, apples? That? did you say two apples? <laughs> yeah, yeah, apples. He's trying to come on, Granny Smith. That was a good one. Fuck's sake. Barry, did Barry Smith play in that final? Actually, Chris, no? Barry Smith, the singer. No, the footballer. <laughs> Barry Smith, the signer. No way. Uh, him. Barry. Him. Aye. Him. So, um, so, you know what? Mo- 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 Barry White. <laughs> Barry White, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, was, he was in goal for us. 
Oh, that's what playing Barry White, In fact, see if he chugged a one of your lucky apples, you probably dropped it. Celtic play Barry Oh, man. This is turned... You, are you on the drink again tonight or not? I'm on the drink. I would admit, I'm on the red wine, but... Oh, that, that's, the, that's the COVID booster that's done that until... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the uh, apples were the, like the... Basically what meant Wraith won the cup? Some of that's like, that's my dad's like sort of personal story that came off the back. I like that. Random, like, it's like a superstition it became. Yeah, exactly. It's obviously something that they tried, they got into the next round, and then they just had to do it again. And then once you're in that, that cycle, then yeah, when, and then you win the cup, Jesus. So have you got apples in your yeah, like score? Have, have you got apples in your, oh, in your score? Is <laughs> Is that here? Yeah, we can put another ad in. Shortbread. I always had a wee bit of shortbread in my spawn. I did think I was kind of superstitious. A, a, a bit of coal as well. A bit of coal. Sorry. A bit of coal as well. No. A bit of whiskey. No, no one remember first footing with your shortbread or whiskey in oh, your no, coal. No. We did it as long as we had that for a full time yesterday in the car. Obviously, my dad was driving, but the rest of us had our wee shot glasses. <laughs> I was like in the back, like it was a wee a bar. I was dishing at the drinks. Oh, but no, I just trying to think of I remember when the Rovers got to the semi finals of the Scottish Cup. A couple of years back when we put it by Dundee United, it was a t-shirt and it wasn't even a Rovers top. It was just a red Adidas t-shirt. And like I remember going down to the supporters bus before we travelled to the semi-final and like running home because I'd wore the wrong top. And my dad was like, "Oh, you're not wearing your red top." Because I'd wore it when we went up to Aberdeen after we drew them at home. And it was like a big thing for us, obviously going away and getting that big scalp. But um, my dad and I turned up and Mum had just taken out the washing machine and it was sort of mid still damp. I just find it so funny, like the lines you go to when you do get it into your wee skull, that this will have an impact on the, the wider. Well, see, yesterday before I went, I was going out, I was trying to work out what I'd have worn at the Moldova Israel game. Because I had a hat on, it was a bit colder. And I had my woolly hat and I was like, was that what I wore last time? And then I, I checked back my phone and was like looking at pictures like I wasn't. So the cap was on, the same Scotland top, same trainers. Like, basically, whatever I'd worn the last game, that was getting worn. Anyone else do things like that? See, because the, the heating prices are going up, right? Everybody's worried about how much their heating fuel is. Is that why you wear hats inside all the fucking time? Anytime <laughs> that you see you... Look at look! every time I see you in a photograph, it's you inside uh, with a big woolly hat on. Yeah, wait a minute, right, aye. But let's put this in the room here. It's not just me that wears hats in the house. And someone's got hair. Josh, Josh in the house. Right. He's got a good set of hair. Like actually, like for those that can't see, he's get. I think he gets his hair mod. Like he does modeling for hair. No, it's that just your Instagram. Like you've just tagged your your barber or something like that. I know, mate. I no, it's just my barber. T- like it's just my, the barbers do that, mate. They take and I take a. Photo Is that what they do? I've no been. I've not been a barber for years. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, just, I, that's, just, that's just what barbers do, do they? they take a picture of their clients' hair after and then put it with their Instagram story. I don't model my hair. <laughs> well, you do technically. Just, uh, right, okay. You know my fondness for Denmark, right? Because I've got my Denmark T-shirt on. You know, it was a kind of joke. I was going to support Denmark against Scotland. I've now seen them live twice 
and see they've been beaten twice. So it's actually down to me that we beat them last night. Well, Chris, Chris came out with the starts yesterday. That's us now, what, 11 and 7? In our favour. So, why were we able to Every competitive game at Hamden that we're playing against Denmark, we've won. But, like... It's some good stats yesterday, Chris. Uh, I don't know, know, tremendous. I mean, I post all manner of shite. But as soon as you put the stats out, everyone loves it. It's good with the videos. I like the videos, especially see if you go back in time. There's, there's loads of videos. There's about a couple of YouTubers seem to have, like, stacks and stacks of old Scotland games. Did anyone find it quite hard to boo Denmark last night? Because... They're kind of nice guys. Aye. Well, I, don't, I don't really boo. I don't really boo. No. Oh, but really the players like point. sometimes with Casper Smigel was getting booed about like that's what I was being like a panto hang though. No proper. I don't mean proper boo. I like he's behind. The only, person that, the only person that booed was the referee last night. And to oh. be fair, he never he never really had his card out, which was good for us. But some of the some of the stuff he was doing was an absolute joke. That this reminds me. So we've all obviously talking about how this is like a, 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 what appeared to be a Scotland fan. So like there's wee kids obviously that have no been at many games. There was a wee guy, he must have been about seven or eight. And at one point he got confused with his referee, but I know what he meant. He went, he shouted <laughs> at the referee, you're just a hairy will I call him. I think he meant Bobby Madden. But he was only seven or eight, so I was like, yes, he has got a future in that crowd as a, a big man. He's going to be giving it loud day in the, in the passageway you know, all sorts. He was shot terrific. Standing you, you know what you need for a hairy wall of calm, right? Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, all game, he was like shouting. Is that way his parents were like quite quiet? He was like the town crier. Um, so that, that's what it's all about. And family though, like James, you say you go with your dad, isn't it? Yeah, it was my dad and my sort of like uncle, Alan. Um, he's not really my uncle, but he's been with the family so long, and like you know, he just so he they they took me to my first game in 2005 against Belarus. Obviously, it wasn't a good start, but they've taken me ever since. And then, well, now it's got to the stage where I had to start dragging them for a while because they were like, "We're sick of this bitch." Aye, aye, yep. <laughs> now, now they're glad. I, I literally forced my dad to in the in the sports club. I was like, "I'm not gonna moan. Like, come on, get out, well out, paid." And, that, and now he got it. I've got a ticket for the game and he was he's now very grateful that I managed to persuade him. Aye. Scott, you were with your nephew, weren't you? Yeah, um twenty two years of age. So it's, I've been to a couple of Scotland games with him, but that's been the best by far. Um so Josh, you did dad have a go with your, your football with you? I know he goes to Meadow with you, but Scotland games? Uh, no, 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 Scotland, no, no. Everybody was. Everybody. My, 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 my dad comes from a comes from a generation of staunch Rangers fans, so uh, the idea of uh, going to uh, well, what uh, was it? What? What you, the staunch Rangers fans not what's called? What? Well, I mean, I mean, we joke, but in years gone by, they they, they would have, but now nowadays, there's that kind of element of of the support that believes. You know, you can't follow Scotland or you shouldn't follow Scotland or whatever. And we'll, we'll go into that in the Scottish politics forums. <laughs> aye, aye. Josh, aye. Josh was so pissed that he thought everybody he met last night was his family, so he was all right. <laughs> aye, we're all one family, aren't we? The Tartan Army. <laughs> uh, Chris, I know, well, you can tell us, fill us in in terms of COVID has been a bitch to you. I was meant to take my son to his first Scotland game at the, the Moldova game, but unfortunately, uh, he tested positive right earlier that week. So it was all right, thankfully. Um, but it wiped him out and me as well at the time. So um 
like Rituals, Lucky Mascots, different things. I never realised up until the Moldova game, my missus might want to go to a Scotland game. I just never ever thought about it. She's not like football, not massively keen. So basically, Steve Clark needs to get her to every game because she's been to three games and we're playing the best football of our lives. So she can keep going, definitely. And she loves it. Friday, she watched it, the Moldova game on TV. She was no worried. See at the game? No, it's a different experience. I spoke to other people, folk that are not that much into football. And once they go, they go, all right, I can kind of get why people go. I think it's especially, yeah, after, especially after COVID as well, because we've been separated from everything. So I wasn't long. separated from the wife, by the way. We were still. No, no, well. I'm sure she, she should have preferred <laughs> she a wee bit of separation. She was tempted, aye. She was tempted. But do you know what I mean? Getting into that kind of atmosphere again and getting into just everybody being happy and Scotland are doing well and it's just, it's just giving a whole lift. So if you're coming into that atmosphere, you're then just getting taken away with it because you know, my wife was meant to go yesterday. She uh, She's just a really busy nurse so she decided to, to give the ticket to the nephew and he, he absolutely adored it. So but I don't know if she, she, but she used to be a, a Tartan Army uh, member as well. So she would have got back into it as well. But I'm quite happy not to to get into these superstitions of going with the same people and doing the same things because then I would have to actually be stuck in a situation and then if that person couldn't turn up, I'd be blaming myself and that person for no... Was that? Uh, You'd be stuck in, a, stuck in an awkward situation with your wife? Did you say? No, I didn't say that. That's oh, no. exactly Too much wine. I didn't say. Too much wine. Apologies. <laughs> um, so March, the playoffs. Um, this is not absolutely confirmed, but it's something we've kind of spoken about, some of us that we would like to do. Chris, you'll remind me when this was. Was it season one or season two of the live podcast? End of season one. Season one. That was the uh, what you mean? Do we go to Chris for? Because Chris, <laughs> Chris, 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 Chris is a regular. You're a semi-regular. No, 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 no. no, no. That's it. I, I was, was in the first. I was in the I was in the very first ever show. So Aye, I know. Um, so the, the plan, hopefully, on the back of last week's Football Manager podcast, I was speaking to Jeff. We have hopefully a venue now. It's coming up to Christmas and all that. So remember, get your landscape and all that in the sack um, for your sack. Um, December, January, usually busy. Obviously, playoffs are March. So hopefully, we are going to try. We record live every week, to be fair. We don't really edit. We're going to try in February, we hope, to do a live podcast and get everyone involved. We have a plan as well, which for a certain charity that links in with Scotland, which I'm sure you guys will all know about. So that's the plan. We want to raise as much money for the Tartan Army Sunshine Appeal. We're already going to put the money we get for Manscaped that payers, to be fair, to them. So that will be nice. But we want to make even more. Plus, we want a big party and invite all friends, guests, whatever on the podcast and make as much money for them as possible. And have a good beer and a good laugh and a good sing song. So, watch this space. Do we have to be in the same room, me and you, John? Uh, well, the Australian order means you can't be in the same room as me. Yeah, well, exactly, so... <laughs> so, you, you can be in the next room. We'll have, we'll have, I'll, 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 be, I'll speak to the judge and get that Australian order <laughs> taken off. You don't worry. Just for that day. Just, like <laughs> just, for, that, just for, for that, that day. day. So, so, that's the plan. Uh, February, we're hoping to... We'll need to see, but that's the plan. And then, I. I think the main thing is we would like to make even more money for the Tartanari Sunshine Appeal because, again, Moldova, Friday, um, we've had Clark on the podcast early in the, se- early in the season. 
they just do terrific work. So we want to help them even further. And a lot of the stuff they do, to be fair, is other people fundraising for them. So if we can do something to help out a wee bit, then I think we've that, that's a good thing. So we'll just put out there just now, that's the plan. Venue to be confirmed. Uh, date to be confirmed as well, basically. Date to be confirmed because we're only at November, but February, we we know guests roughly... guests to be confirmed. So, <laughs> so we're, doing, we're doing a live show in January. We don't know where. We don't know when. We don't no, know I know where. Going. I know where. I know where. No, we don't know where. You're just saying. I know it. where. <laughs> I, I know where. But, but we'll build this up. Like I don't know. Like see promo, you build it up gradually. You don't shoot your load straight away. Like that. Is that, another, is that another ad we're doing now, eh? Well. I don't know how excited you get when you're using your Manscaped. How do you know? Is that Because you told me. Because you it... told me. You sent is me it... a video of that WhatsApp group. Oh, that's because you called me when I was doing it in the shower. <laughs> um, so, do we want to discuss anything else about Scotland over the two games? Who else are we loving? Who are we loving? Well, that's, that's probably better. Right, okay. Let's Gilbert, go. Gilbert is just different gravy, by the way. Some of that stuff he did yesterday, he just knew everywhere, every Scotland player was, every Danish player was, where the referee was, about to give a foul on. Unbelievable, Scott. It's the first time I've ever seen a, a, a footballer play a, a full game of football nearly while smoking a cigar at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, 100%. he smoked a cigar against England. No, the closest that was it Mason Mount and Ben Shell got was after the game. Did he get bloody COVID? I remember. Imagine if Billy Gilbert never missed that Croatia game. We would be sitting here as champions of Europe. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember when would Barry... we just beat Denmark better than England, man? Exactly, exactly. I remember when Barry Ferguson broke into the team. And remember we played England in that playoff and he was better than Ints and schools and stuff like that. But Gilbert's just another level above that again. You know, his forward thinking, his ability just to keep the ball ticking over every single time. It just is awareness. It's just superb. And it's just going to get better and better, which is amazing. See, even not just that, like is the play we're used to. See the, t- the, the amount he was getting back and retrieving the ball. Well, yeah, he's, and he's he's been told it, yeah. We've been told that's not part of his game, but in that midfield, he kind of almost has to do that. McGregor can do it. McGregor obviously will battle like, fuck. Gilmer's, he, he, again, he's like, he can do everything. Imagine when Billy Gilmer scores. What, he's going to score soon. He is. Because he oh, always gets a chance. Right. He always gets a chance. He fashions something out of nothing. Or the, mm-hmm. Like, because we do we like guy. Uh, he, he was hitting some good ones at the, during the practice beforehand. Aye, but that's really good. Practice isn't good. Like, you should no. go. But what but I'm saying the is, caught during the game was a cracker as well. It was just unfortunate it was straight to the keeper. But what I'm saying is, before you've seen a couple of chances that he's been a bit wild with, but he's obviously got it in him. And it's just a, it's a confidence thing, and once he starts doing it, he's just going to he's he'll probably go to be run once he gets a couple of goals in him. I think every game he's played for Scotland, he's had at least one chance. Um, was it the Moldova game where he kind of yeah, said, said himself <laughs> after that he, he probably. Because it caused Billy Gilmer's that, that much time to think. I think he'd started thinking, I've scored my first goal for Scotland. And then he did it. You know what I mean? Like you would get too excited. And, yeah, uh, you, and you he's, not you, playing, you, he's not playing regularly for his club as well. Just now. Imagine when he starts playing every week for his club. He's going to be even better. 
see, this is why I said the start. Norwich was was a bit of a strange choice in terms of as soon as it starts going, as soon as it started going wrong, and because he isn't much of a tackle and stuff like that, it, it, Farke then went back to what he was kind of used to. I, I, I hope Dean Smith, and I, I think Dean Smith probably will use him a lot more. Um, but I was always a bit worried that you know I'd have preferred them going somewhere slightly higher up. I think it was a style of football, though, wasn't it? That's why because Norwich. But if they're not playing, it doesn't matter. Well, aye, but he was he was playing, and whatever's us happened, he's not been playing. Who, who knows why? But the new manager, as you say, Dean Smith. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like. Well, Dean Smith's got McGinn playing. Ah, exactly. Villa, exactly. So, you know, exactly. Uh... so he's only going to get better. And actually, I need to say as well, because we have touched on it earlier, Callum McGregor, another guy who we were kind of like, oh, should he be starting? That 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 trio needs to be playing every game, if they're yeah. available. They, the I think this is the problem goods. we're talking about earlier. McTominay's a good player, but there is nowhere in that team at the moment where you can go, McTominay's a choice. No. Because he's not a natural centre back. If we've got centre backs now that we can, you, you would pick first. That midfield three, exactly. That's your first choice midfield three. So McTominay, McTominay's a great guy having the squad in case any of them are suspended or injured or anything like that. But you don't, if, he's not a first choice. But if anybody was to come into that, but if anybody was to come into that, it's probably Ryan Jack, depending on who we play, rather than McTominay, because J- Jack's probably the player who. Protects the defence the best, so aye. Tommy. If you're protecting some, aye. aye, protect, aye, definitely, aye. and then I suppose as well, like going further forward, we're all worried about missing dykes. We touched on it a bit earlier. Did they? Did they ever tell the podcast that Ryan Jack's our favourite ever footballer, and she wanted to um, side strip from Ryan Jack for Angels? Loves people well, called Ryan. Well, I, I don't know if I remember this, but I think I don't know why I think this. I think Aaron's. Favourite footballer is Andy Considine. I, I don't not, know. Oh, it's not right, Jack. Oh, I must have got the wrong end of the stick. Aye, I think I think you've maybe got it mixed up. I think our favourite is Andy Considine. I can't be sure because she doesn't tell us every week. Right. Oh, right. What's that? Scott Wright's our favourite player. Is it Scott Wright? Uh, uh, actually, see, see just, just anybody that's listening, right, because I know there's lots of people listening to this will have cardboard cutouts. If you can get a cardboard cutout, Andy Considine, Aaron's looking for one. Well, actually, that's interesting you mentioned about that because... We've all been slagging the Gerard situation, the cardboard cutouts. I think some of them are probably for TikTok and all that, that young folk type of stuff. Oh, yeah, 100% is for attention seeking. However, however, I now understand why people might have cardboard cutouts. So the question here is, before we do the showstopper question, what Scotland player are you getting a cardboard cutout of? John McGinn. John McGinn? Does it have, does it have to be the full title or could it just be John McGinn's ass? Uh, whatever you want, Scotland. That'll probably cover the whole wall. That's how you got your house. That's what I'm worried about. It's not going to, it's the only thing that will fit the wall. Is that a semi? You've got what? Is that a semi? Semi detached. James, what player would you go for? I mean, it's. Like, it's kind of like obviously Gilmer been such a good player, but because I'm, oh, I'm I'm only 24, I've got this thing in my head. I'm like, I can't be getting a player's name on the back of my kit that's younger than me. You <laughs> get all like, oh, right here. Wait, do you get players' names still on your kit? I I got uh, McGinn on for the going to the Euros. 
So I'd probably, off the back of that, then I can't even say John McGinn because he is just like like you were saying earlier, like McFadden's sort of used as like a a comparison method for the guy the fans love, like you say the talisman, and like going into the Euros and like setting this campaign, and McGinn's being that guy. Full body or just the ass like not like the way no full body. You got the full body, but in that sort of hunched over position, as if aye, he's defending aye. something. Aye, aye, that that so, might be actually that might sound a bit creepier because if you not if the ball's not there, you might need a football as well. Otherwise, it might look a bit awkward. Maybe. So, John, <laughs> see if you go by James's standards, it has to be somebody that's older. Do you have Steve Clark there now? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't have Steve Clark, but uh, Josh has got Steve Clark up in the wall. I know, again, folk can't see it, but Josh has shared that picture, I think, clearly online, haven't you? So, Well, aye. Not the actual original Photoshop. Not the original Photoshop? No, no, no. Aye, but we've seen the flag. You had a flag at one point, haven't you? Like the... uh, I've got it. I had it. No, I just had that sign, but... Um, oh, did you Photoshop aye. a flag at some is it, point? Because it, the... Oh, I've, the reason I've no shared it online was because the plan actually was eventually to put it on t-shirts um, and then sell it and then sell it for uh, to raise money for Tassa. But um, oh, one, one, one thing led to another with COVID and all that, and then the printing shops were shut, and I've just never got round to it. And so, uh, we could also get like some some like uh, Shea Adams in a Shea Guevara Scotland cap, maybe as well. That sounds good. Let me have some dice as well. Aye, protect. Like, uh, uh, it could. George is a big fan of Shea Adams. Is, is I, I know he is, but just as they seem excited by no, you. No, are, no, uh, no, was, was it not a Shea, Shea Adams tartan army or something like that? You like a wee Cuba cap? I've got a Cuba cap. Like, uh, Josh and me are like, kind of like... Uh, Talking about Shea Guevara? No, Shea Adams. I'm Shea Guevara. Like, the two of them. Shea, the same first name. Are we, are we Shea? Are we I, was wearing, I was wearing my Fidel Castro hat a couple of weeks ago. Aye, aye. That's uh, so what Shea Adams got to do with Fidel Castro? Cuba. <laughs> Shay, Shay Guevara, and all that. Like Shay Guevara went to like Cuba. No, yeah, no, no, your history. Chris, tell her, tell her all about the history. Oh, better not. Mate, it's just not. his, it's just your first name. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, who's your cardboard cutout? I'm a grown man. I don't have a cardboard cutout. I know, but none of us have it. It's just. How you do? Yeah, you do. It's Brendan Rodgers. He used to be Neil Lennon. <laughs> see, see, the last time a cardboard cutout was at any use, it was Kevin McAllister keeping Harry and, Harry and Marv at his house, pretending the folk were in. Oh. Yeah. I thought I was, I was going back say, to the footballer. I was thinking Falkirk. Falkirk. <laughs> I, I was thinking. And then it was, it was when I, then I went, I hope I won. Yeah, uh, hope I won. I'm 30-year-old movie. It's all done some of the folk this podcast. <laughs> Right, okay, I think we've probably, we, we could talk forever about Scotland. Can I just say one more quick thing then? Aye, aye, is aye. That, that was the perfect tribute for Walter Smith and Bertie Old, because that aye. was, I mean, that was a stunning Love. tribute, so Love. that was the kind of performance I think they would have both been proud of. And... Definitely. Do you want the story about me meeting someone, actually, Walter Smith? Okay, I mean, yep. Oh, fucking yeah. Tell us a story, tell us a story. It's actually, it, it was when the Rovers had a friendly against Rangers pre-season, we're going quite a few years back now. It's not a pub, obviously, because I was like, even though I just said at the start of the podcast, I was in the pub at one year old watching Scotland Brazil. I was net in the pub when I was like eight or nine, ten, twelve, however. Anyway, friendly over. You're from five, you were in the pub every day. <laughs> just in. The school was the pub. 
Oh, no, game finish, I think Rangers be a 2-1 friendly, but I played, played well, good day. So we're walking out um, with all the fans and like my uncle Alan and his pal Graham went to that game. They've got these rad stories from when they were at like at Euros throughout the years and even Scotland Money there. Mind they snuck into like pressers and just all these, you know, things you could have done back in the day, but you can't do now. Um, and they were walking down and they just stopped in their tracks and they went, first aid, get you home. And like, I swear to God, Alan just grabbed me by my collar, turned around, marched me straight into the stadium. Um, like, no, please stop me, even though everyone else was just bombing on down and out. So got onto the pitch and there's Watersmith getting interviewed by Sky Sports about how the, the pre-season interview had gone, the pre-season game had gone and what the plans were. So I was actually rung a bell when you said Billy Dodds because he was doing something there as well. I met him, got his autograph. So Watersmith finished his interview, all the ball boys and that are standing around waiting on him to get their photos and autographs. Bless their photos because it was mobile cameras when they was coming like until like nowadays. Um, so waiting around got we photo and I've never seen this photo like that's annoying but I've never seen the photo but I've, I had his autograph Christian Daly was there as well got his and then the funny thing was uh, done all that walking with the turf like it was just it was such a weird experience because you know we, we just walked right in for the first aid kit and then we walked down the tunnel and out past the dressing rooms and out the front door of Starts Park to what was a massive queue of Rangers fans getting held back by police all waiting to get photos and autographs for the players. And we just walked right down this, the middle of this. So it was like Moses in the Red Sea with the police holding it. I was just like, I'll go home that night. And I was like, I like, Mum, I just, I just, I may watch that. <laughs> well, it was, it was not, no good pub stories, but that's, that's, that's when you said that's it. That's a brilliant story, I think. That's that. That's why if you ever see a gate open at a football ground, you always go through it. I've done it. I've done it plenty of times. Every time it. you see a gate open, just wander in and have a look. I did it down in Urban Meadow uh, during the end of the first lockdown, and I got welcomed in. Uh, they, were, they were cutting the grass and stuff. That was great. Uh, Josh and me should like maybe make the point. We don't all keep our gates open. You just can come in our garden or our stadiums. But I was at Air, and mind I told the story about Somerset Park was there. We had to take photos outside the ground when COVID and we were playing a wee guest the stadium, like doing awkward like pictures, you ain't no guess. Seen the gate open and went, should I go? Should I not? Fuck it, not gonna get this opportunity again. Went in, get pictures galore. So aye. You say that is you say that, right? We, 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 I, you did it in Paris and stuff like that. You say it's oh yeah, oh, I'm never gonna get this chance again. It's Somerset Park, do you know what I mean? You don't need you're bigging yourself up at all. Somerset Park's one of the best stadiums in, in Scotland. Yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, it's not as if you've went into San Siro and you've been sneaking about like fucking James Bond. You just right, your head. Well, tell us your San Siro story then, big man. No, I've, I've not done it yet, but oh, if I do, do it, oh, oh. I was debating yeah. on about how great it was to get this all set back as oh, if what? it was the only thing you could ever do. You were sneaking into Evan Meadow. I know, that was better than Somerset Park. No, Josh, how many times you stuck into Evan Meadow? Uh, how many times I snuck in? Yeah, I don't need to sneak, sneak into it, mate. I've got a fucking set of keys to the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have snuck into the San Siro, though. But, I mean, oh, yeah. well, well, kind of. They should be picking that up. Kind of. When I say snuck in, I get in without a ticket to the San Siro. Oh, that's good. I've heard of people doing this. Like, it was a Scotland game, actually. Oh, it was Emmy. Uh, no, Ian Everson at uh, uh, France 98 
never had tickets for Scotland Brazil. And was it they dressed up in security outfit or some some kind of outfit whereby they would get into the ground because they would look like they worked. They were stewards or something like that. Did, 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 I, did I tell you that one about uh, the England game to the summer there? No. No. So I've got a mate, he'll remain nameless. Uh, he's, he's, I've got a mate, he'll, he'll remain Stephen nameless. Stephen Thompson. No, 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 no. no. Just, just a regular punter. Just a regular punter. Um, and uh, he couldn't get, could get a ticket for the game. He no had enough points to get into Wembley or whatever, right? So he bought um, a disabled ticket um, and he bought a wheelchair and he wheeled himself in pretending he was disabled. <laughs> and he spent the entire time. Now this this guy this guy plays football for a for a for a like a not not a high level team. David Thompson. Actually, no, no, no. It's it's amateur. Is that a medal player? Is that a medal no, player? No, no, no. Player? Yeah, no, the guy, no, it's not a medal player. No, but he plays amateur. So, so he, he's very fit. Is that a medal player? Fit. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, and he um, and he snuck in using a wheelchair, and he took a cr- set of crutches and all, um, so that if he wanted to go to the toilet or that, he could go in the crutches and that. And it was uh, honestly, it was one of the. I've got dark, a dark, have you ever, one of the darkest. One of the darkest, but one of the. Do you know what I mean? It was that way. Like that, that's that's a. Not look at myself. Like, ever, it, it, it's one of those like you're just what like if you didn't think of it, you wish you'd done it. In a you way. ever seen? You ever seen Alf Garner? Uh, uh, come and on. He does that. He, like, he, Scott, he did that Scott, sketch. Scott James is twenty four. No, I know James hasn't right, and I don't think Josh probably has. I'm talking more to you and Chris, right? Uh, and he, he does the same thing. He goes in, in West Ham. That's because that's the first time I've ever seen it. And he then West Ham score and he jumps out his wheelchair. That's the that's the only sketch that I can remember. Right. So for the younger for the younger listeners, have you seen Little Britain? Aye, Andy and Lou. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, this sort of person. That type of thing, aye. Yeah, yeah. Turn your, turn your back and then he's aye. obviously jumping off the top the top board in the pool. But my dad got into uh old firm cup final, I think it was must have been the eighties. Just put on a BBC jacket that he had and had a video camera and just just strolled in. Nobody stopped him. As you do, I. <laughs> but he doesn't even like football, so he was so, just there to, to just. There is meant to. Wait, you're saying you're from Rutherglen and you had a video camera in the 80s? Right, a video production company, knocked? so he had to oh, do it. All right, I thought it was so, knocked, maybe. Right, okay. Right, I don't know where he got it from. Try <laughs> <laughs> <Why> the pub. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Uh, to be fair, I the funny that I owe that random is the best stuff apart from everything's good just now. Right, showstopper James. I don't know if you've seen the message on the chat. Did you see it? Hopefully, you did. I did. Right, okay. So, we've had like best 11s from guests. You're a bit younger, yeah. So, this be, and we've had Scotland 11s before of lifetimes. From your lifetime, what is your one to 11? Well, I mean, obviously, like I said, Belarus 2005 was my first game. So we're working from like 15, okay. 16 years. Aye. So it's seen the highs in the 08 campaign. And then the in-between has been a bit on and off, hot and cold. So I think in between the stacks, without a doubt, Craig Gordon. I mean, Marshall maybe gets in on the penalty save. But I think Gordon, like, having been right at the start, uh, my, my Scotland career and then now coming back towards the end and still producing the goods like you say just in terms of shot stopper I do not think that Scotland's ever had just a better guy like 
I mean, I think everyone's game's got a flaw in or two in it, but that, that's just him described perfectly. This is going to be a wee bit of curve bomb. I'm going to go with current. Um, I'm going to go with current setup. The Clark rolls with the three along the back, and again, Kieran Tierney is just a an out now good defender, like you were saying, in the centre half role that he takes on so well. Just again, that what he did after that penalty with Dover is just sums up perfectly like what his game's about and why he's it's, it's such an easy pick. Uh, I'm I'm putting in Hanley and I'm going to defend Hanley because for the years again I think he's been a bit of a scapegoat character. I remember walking out a couple of fixtures and again seeing the criticism he got enough up. He was not I mean I, I feel I always refer back to the Germany game I think he pocketed got safe for most of that game even though we got beat 3-2 in the end I thought yeah, actually played so well. So, and then I'd have to say Steve McManus. Just, I, was, I thought he was a really solid guy throughout the years. Again, when it wasn't as good, I remember he got a header against Liechtenstein. It was to, the game that felt the game that felt like a loss, even though we won. Aye, yeah, it made it. You made it. You know, it made what could have been awful just only slightly less awful. Right wing back, I'm gonna go with a catchy Anya. That guy. Never stop smiling, and I, I remember as far as Strachan pulled him into the fold. The first game was in Belgium at home, and I, I me my pal straight away went home and found him on FIFA. We're like that guy's so fast, like he's so good, and get scored in Dortmund. Like he, he was just a guy that always showed up for Scotland, gave a hundred percent, always putting a good shift. Actually, in the England game at home, two two, I'm pretty sure he played right wing back for us that day. Actually. Yeah. There was so, someone recently who picked Anya as well. I can't mind who it was now. Yeah, I think he was a, he was a great wee guy. And um, I think, you know, his, his attitude to always showing up for Scotland, he was a brilliant player. So he gets in. I don't even, I know it sounds like I'm working for a smaller pool of players, but I genuinely feel like he, he it wasn't even a hard choice to pick him because he's. He was, he, 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 was, he was an absolute player, James. You, you, have, you have to say. I know you're putting it right wing back, but some of his games, some of his games that he played at left mid, he was, yeah. he was outstanding. And such, a, such an underutilised player. Like I feel like if he had been able to get more club games, then uh, he, yeah. he would have it always been... astonished me how you know he just never seemed to really settle in the Premier League. So I, I genuinely thought he was that at least at the lower end. Was there not a time? Sorry, I sorry. On you go. Oh. But it was Watford he was at. Watford, but there was a spell at Watford he was playing regular. He ended up at Derby and he went to Derby and I don't know what happened at Derby. They ruined Top Scotland top. players, don't they? David Marshall? Yeah. And Anya. And, uh, it was a le- le- uh, was it for Scythe? Stephen or... Pearson back aye. in the day as well. Aye. Aye. So, I fuck The only that. thing I would say, right wing back could probably push him because I would like to see him in that kind of this formation would be so I know, team. but I'm just saying, Alan, Scott, I'd like your, to see Alan Hutton Scott, in that. Scott, right Scott, it's not your team. This is like right. earlier so, on, I'll, I will pie. In, in, in my left back, in my left back role. Alan Hutton, he was, he, was he was a really good sort of servant to the country. He played something. I was just, <laughs> I, when I was younger, it was just one of these things I always picked up on. I always said, he couldn't tackle a fish supper. <laughs> I think he was good going forward, but I did not feel he had a tackle on him. So, um, left wing back, it's got to be a skipper, Robo. Absolutely, no shadow of doubt. You know, he's like you were saying, one of the best left backs in Europe, and it's he, he, the, it makes me so happy knowing that we've got quite a world few, class, world class. Yeah, well, he is like, like, he, like he's world class. 
Yeah. Yeah. Is, he, is he world class, eh? Aye. <laughs> no, he's he is, though. It's exciting if you've got a... We, we spoke about... I know like we're direct, but we've spoken before about how many times have we had world class players in our lifetime? He's genuinely... Who, who's better at left back in the world? Silence. Ideal. Ideal. So there we go. It's brilliant, isn't it? And last night he was actually getting some love. Like we were, I know it's a, a basic song, Andy, Andy, Andy Robertson, but still, it was nice to hear. Like, like you were saying at the beginning, when they hear the, the singing and that, like it, it, the connection with the fans right now is so good. Um, right. Um, I think Dan Fletcher, just because I think Dan Fletcher and this team, like I, I, a victim, uh, a guy, like you said, who didn't have the infrastructure around them to recreate what he did at club level. You know, I just, and that's why I put him beside, I'm going to say Billy Gilmer. I've ne- I don't think I've ever seen a player so composed. And again, working for a smaller time frame, but I don't think, like the boy's got eyes in the back of his head, some of the wee tons he does. And I've, I, I'm honestly, I've, again, like I said, less of time watching Ashley, but I've never seen it. Never seen someone, and it's so scary because he's 20. And we've got so many years. I have 15 years of this. Is he's only, he's only, person, only person younger than you. Ah, yeah. Well, I, well, I probably... My, uh, can, can I just jump in there? I've just, I've just remembered a Billy Gilmore story that I've got. It's just a wee oh, short one. Oh, I've got a Billy Gilmore story too. Uh, my, my missus <laughs> a teacher. My missus a teacher over in Odrossen. Uh, and all the wee boys uh, in our class, a, a bunch of them play for Odrossen and went in Rovers. And uh, Billy Gilmore come up during the summer there to do the medals presentation for all the wee kids. And they were all fucking absolutely going Billy Gilmore. They've all been going Billy Gilmore the after ever since, man. Do you know what I mean? I just think that's fucking brilliant. You know, like a 20-year-old boy, uh, you know, coming up to Chelsea to do the, the trophy presenta- medals presentation for a bunch of nine-year-olds. Um, at Ross and Winton Rovers, you know, it's just brilliant. So it's no my story, it's my lad's story. So my lad's... Similar age to Billy Gilmer, which is I know it's hard to tell by looking at me. Oh, right, okay. So he played against Billy Gilmer, which in its own situation is pretty cool. Does so, he get the ball? No, that, this, is, that, that, this is one of those ones whereby, like, it's like a story he can tell for years. Billy Gilmer scored an overhead kick against him, he was a goalkeeper at the time. In a way, right, it's no good. But he'll he'll live on that story for forever. Because Billy Gilmer's probably going to become our greatest player ever. I, I, I don't the, the way he's gone right now is you know he, he, if he can produce what he's doing at twenty. It's, I mean, but uh, you do kind of party away like when you see what's happened to Fletcher and that in the past. Like, oh, can he do it on his own? But we're really turning into a team where he's not on his own, and like he does seem to have attributes where he actually. I mean, he was beating players last night. Taking the ball past them, you're like, we've maybe liked that from midfielders in the past, and he's like, at least 15 years of this is going to be more than worth the membership fees to get in and watch. <laughs> I, I think I counted last night, like, he gave the ball away only twice that I could remember. Which, for a midfielder that's progressive. It's a wee bit sad. It's a wee bit sad if you're counting them in your wee, your wee head, isn't it? No, that's how good he is. You notice the times he gives it away. Because it's so few. But the thing is, the difference quickly between, I think, Gilmore and Fletcher is that Gilmore's playing his natural game, and that's what we need. 
Whereas Fletcher was always a bit more defensive for Man United, that he was at his best for Man United, and Scotland did beat that at the time. Yes. And that's the, that's the difference where Gilmore's just playing his natural game and we actually need that and it's it's flourishing with Scotland. To reference a previous guest of the podcast, Billy Gilmore is the dictator of our midfield. I could like everything goes through him. Right. My final three players, again, you spoke about earlier in terms of like McFadden S Talisman, like sort of a player. And for me, I mean, this was another player I got in the back of my shirt in the 2016 campaign, and it was a, it was a shame because I think he was a he was a top goal scorer. Sean Mooney seemed to always be a guy that uh, showed up. He was a different player when he put on that dark blue jersey. Um, I, I just remember being a Celtic part for the Ireland game and that wee set piece routine that we did. That is, I mean, that goes down in the history books as one of the best Scotland goals I've seen. It's just a shame it wasn't the ones that could have got us to a tournament. But I think there was a he got, he got quite a few goals that campaign and he was always a really, really reliable player for Scotland. I didn't feel like what, it did not matter what was going on club level. That guy turned up and put in a shift um, and like I said, bagged a few goals as well, which for a sort of midfielder, which is more the way it was. He was always really good. Pairing with him, a supporting striker, I'd say him again. Just what I've seen the last couple of years, like the goals that guy scores. You need, like when you've not got a, we have got more reliable strikers now but in previous years we've not and when you've got that midfielder chipping in from elsewhere it makes a big big difference I just think there's not a not a, there's a McGinn's game covers so much more than that it's like he's defensive box to box tackling shielding passing like he's, he literally has it all and then finally yeah, see, quickly on that point see apart from Dennis Law John McGinn must have best goals to game ratio surely for Scotland He's on about 40. He's on, that was his 40th cap against Denmark. And he's 13 goals, I think it is. He's only one off John Collins has been the highest scoring midfielder for Scotland. You'll probably find a sub that didn't get a lot of caps, though. They've got a lot of goals. So, you know I mean, you're, you're talking yeah. about Bertie Aldo get three caps and stuff like that. During some of these times, players were criminally undercapped, so there might be Aye. a wee kind of thing with it. In terms of someone that's consistent, I suppose. Yeah. Always one so, I, I, can say, I suppose if we go consistency, like, Lenta catch over I don't know, over ten, whatever. But he must be he must be up there. Surely. Possibly. Because Dennis Law was what twenty-five and fifty-two, something like that. Thirty. Thirty, 30 goals and was that? Thirty and fifty-two. And then Douglas was about one and four. Thirty and hundred and two. Not 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 far off, one and four, which so Gilmer's, you know, sorry, McGinn's better than Douglas in terms of goal ratio. <laughs> Which is crazy. Well, it's not easy to do it in national level, like, regardless. So, I mean, McGinn, McGinn, I mean, he's 27, got a few more years left in him. I mean, you always kind of do look what's coming in behind, you know, and think, is there a chance that some could, but like, if he keeps what he's doing for Scotland. And it's like when Robbo goes off last night, he takes a captain's armband straight away. And you just, you doesn't like he's a leader as well. Even if he's not the captain, you know, like Rob was. You know, he's sorry. And he's never, he's never had injuries. He's, he's really, he's never had any serious injuries his whole career. I, I I've think told you, Josh is going to have a back injury one of these days when he's older. Well, I was, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I was going to say, James's point. The good thing is, if anyone comes from behind, he'll protect himself anyway. So yeah, it's fine. But, but I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking. <laughs> 
I'm just thinking because James is saying we've got a few years, maybe of him left. I, I, I think we've got another seven or eight years of him. I think he'll play till he's 35 and he's he's never had injuries. So. And your pal Stephen Thompson nearly ended his career, so thankfully... That is the one injury he has had. Aye, uh, that one. Oh, got javelined with or something along those lines. That's the thing is that too, that was, he was out for a while with that and it does make you think like mm-hmm. someone early in that career you think could he actually could he go on and play at a higher level a lot earlier like you, just, you never know the bizarre thing about so that is like talk to Steve. the bizarre thing about that is like why wasn't Mirren messing about with Javelin's at training is that uh, no that's a Stephen Thompson thing <laughs> is he like a, is he like like the Javelin there was a, right? there was a few at Mirren at that time right. uh, who's the boy plays for Dundee now how did you put a how how did you put a job? Paul, 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 what's he? Oh, because I I filled a, a St. Mirren training session and they were taking great delights in aiming at the, fo- the football at the two uh, cameramen. So I think there was a lot of uh, during that Danny Lennon time. There was a lot of uh, high jinxes going on. Did you get one in the Pays face? Jav was a standard issue, Paisley. That's a, a freedom <laughs> of the city. <laughs> Right, that's um, the final player. I don't think it comes as any surprise. I'm gonna put James McFadden as the guy. Well, it's like, like I said, my first proper campaign was 2008, and just that guy was just magnificent. And he was for so many other years. Again, in that sort of like what was in Michelle Maloney. How I mean, McFadden didn't have the best club career. I never felt like you know he went to Birmingham City and that, but like he was another guy that always showed up for Scotland, and he was just that player the fans loved. And yeah, I think there's there's no way he's not leading the line in my like all time Scotland eleven. Absolutely. See as well, like we're talking about players in the squad just now that are fans. Every time you see James McFadden talk about Scotland, he's so positive. He's Mister Positive. You can oh, tell. No, 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 no. You can he's tell. Still Mister. You can't have Mister Positive. What are you going to call McCoy's then? Because he's like Mister Mister. Aye, super, but Ali positive. as well. Ali as well. But then like, Chris Boyd is a bit like me. He's jumping in the bad wagon, isn't he? Is <laughs> Chris Boyd hating Scotland. I do feel like it's been the, one of the problem areas, which is becoming lesser. 
I, mean, I don't think that it's a coincidence that Scotland's favours have turned the centre half scenes become a lot more consistent. Uh, you, missed, you, missed, you, missed, you missed the Euro. Uh, yeah. Euro '96 was three at the back, what's it? Aye, for a long time under Craig Brown, it was three at the back. Uh, 70s, I don't remember. I know that's hard to believe, but I don't remember it. That's just because you're getting older and you can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I've just went on a look up. We we're talking about the, the goals per game ratio. Um, and Wikipedia's got a handy little top 10 goal scorers for Scotland. So you've mentioned Douglas and you've mentioned Law, who've got like 30 goals for Scotland each. The next best goal scorer for Scotland was Huey Gallagher, who got 24 in just 20 games. The best ratio is Robert Hamilton at the turn of the century. Turn of, turn into the 20th century. You get 15 goals and just 11 caps. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Where's McGinn? He's right. just outside that now. If he, he's, he? I can't, I, he, like, so the top 10 finishes at 13 goals. And that's Andrew Wilson and R.S. McCall, who's <laughs> more famous for his uh, shops he's doing. So, a couple more goals. You'll be in that list. The more Aye, sort of true. recent ones that we know are just like five. For a midfielder, it's terrific. McCoy's, McCoy's was at 19, and it? Was McCoy's 19? 19 to 61. 19 to 61. He's 61. got a similar yeah, goal right. score ratio at McFadden, 15 out of 48. And the other one you'll know very recently was obviously Kenny Miller, who got 18 and 69. And Lyndon yeah. Dykes just now is on what? Is it eight? Dykes, he's on a garlic. That been Wikipedia before, and he's got, I think he's got six international goals in 20 games. Which is for, for Scotland. Nice for Scotland, Scotland yeah. it's good. Shea yeah. Adams is now four and 13. Four and 13, which again, one and three, that's about Scotland's, Scotland's thin in modern times. And we'll only get better. Who, who was it? Was it you, Scott, before that said about the start about we, Scotland's strikers start slowly? I'm yeah, well, I've already. you could here. I'm praising you here, Scott. Like I know you, you've been slagging me all night. I, yeah, if you look, you. if you look at if you look at Kerry Miller and Lee Griffiths, and I think even further back, it usually takes a, a good Scotland striker about eighteen to twenty games to get used to international football and then get into more regular scoring. So I think Dykes and Adams are both ahead of that kind of schedule. Um, I, I was using that for Big Burnley, but. I don't think McBurnley's no, anywhere near no. the squad at the Aye, moment. So, for brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. I can, I can get him on back here. No, and hopefully nowhere near for a long time. Unless he's, not, he's not. He's not. He's not doing it for Sheffield United, so he doesn't deserve to be. Uh, exactly. so it's, he wasn't. He, he, wasn't he wasn't doing it for Sheffield United anyway. Swansea did well, but Sheffield United was doing very little. Did they not do all right this first season? Mm. They did all right this no. first season. No, he didn't. <laughs> He, he was, no, he just didn't. He, he was there. He didn't. He. You're, 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 no, he didn't. He. Chris? The other thing about this page, I, no, I don't like him at Burnley at all. He's a good player whatsoever. But just the other thing I've noticed on this is the most capped players. So it's got like a top 10 again on this same page. Aye. Billy Willis was 65. Craig Gordon will equal that with his next Scotland game. He's in 64 now. Craig Gordon, I think, became the most capped Hearts player last night. Ah, he did that with Ogle. Right. Uh, I think but it's just, even his total caps is going to make up like the top 10 and the is, it pa- is it O'Donnell's now Motherwell's most capped yeah yeah. Uh, in 
the the thing about you know sixty five caps is quite remarkable when you consider Gordon's injury plus Marshall and McGregor at the same time. Yeah. You know over the, over the space yeah. of that year, those years. See for the squad we've got just now, there are some experienced guys, but the guys that are going to be there like long term already are getting good experience. So in three years' time, when we win the Euros, they will have like about 50, 60 caps. It's happening. No one no one else, no one else with me. No. Greece won it. They were as Denmark came in last minute. It's happening. Partisan will have how many caps by then? McGinn will be on about 50 goals by then, probably. Easy. But what is it? Euro 2024. If we, if we don't win the World Cup, of course. I was going to say, you're getting ahead of yourself. Well, the World Cup, well, Josh, Josh has got a wee photo I've seen uh, with Stevie with the World Cup. Josh, haven't you? I thought it was Twitter, right? Aye, but it suited him. I think it suited him. It went with his beard. Aye. Aye. Right, on, on that note, we should probably wrap right, up. I've got, uh, see, see before we wrap up, I've got one more thing to use okay, okay. and everything. And that's one comes courtesy of another uh, podcast guest, Air Force One. He's uh, looked out to see the last results we've had against the six unseeded teams. So obviously we know about the Czech Republic at Euro 20, which we'll not talk about because it was a beat. And we know about Austria in this campaign because we beat them 1-0 in the last game. Uh, the last time we played Ukraine was a 3-1 win in the Euro 2008 qualifiers. The last time we played Macedonia was unfortunately a 2-1 defeat in the 2014 World Cup qualifiers. The last time they were we North Poland Macedonia, but they were North Macedonia. They've renamed themselves. Uh, the last time we played Poland was a two-each game at Hamden uh, in the Euro 2016 qualifiers. The outlier of this is, because I remember all of those five, 1960 was the last time we played Turkey. It was a 4-2 defeat in a friendly. See, to be honest, I was thinking of that See, in March, I know we're, like, we're going to have to play them at home, but that would have been a decent away trip. A wee week in the sunshine, all inclusive, send it. No, we'd all like a that. Turkey. Well, I mean, if, if we're lucky, in that case, see, if we're lucky, the Turks will win their semi final and then we'll have to go there for a final. For a party? <laughs> yeah, why not? And then we win, we'll just we did in Serbia. I'd take that. I would take that. Can we take Graham Sooners and he can plant our flag in the middle of the pitch? Mm. Oh, yeah. only, only, only if he can get players' <laughs> names right. If he can get players' names right, aye. He, he struggles with player names nowadays. No? You'll hear the Juan Basaka stuff? No? No, he is. Nah. He was don't, like, watch, don't watch English football, mate, so I don't... Good point. Good point. That's fine. You don't know who Graham Sooners is? No, obviously, but I don't. But obviously, he's he's, <laughs> you know, he, he's I'd like I'd you know folk folk talk about English football all the time, mate. And I'm like, ah. see that Alan Partridge meme, like, show that that's that's me with English football, mate. Like, Alan Partridge or Alan Pardew? Who's Alan Pardew? Exactly. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Scotland are brilliant. We're winning the World Cup, the Euros, the Nations League, Karen Cup again. Is that back? I don't know, but we can win it. <laughs> um, everything. And we're the best team in the world. Thank you. Good night, good morning, good afternoon. Cheers.